The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. A warning may come quite unexpectedly. We will now tell you what to do if a warning sounds when you are at home. And then we will explain what to do if you are out of doors. First, if you are at home. If attack is imminent, you will hear the attack sound like this. So take cover at once. Send your young children to the fallout room, then go quickly and turn off the gas and the electricity at the mains. Close down stoves. Damp down fires. Shut windows. And draw curtains. Then go to your fallout room and stay there. If the fallout warning sounds are heard, they will be like these. You should now move yourself and your family to the safest area in your fallout room. That is, you should get inside your inner refuge and stay there. After two days, the danger from fallout will get less, but don't take any risks by contact with it. The longer you stay in your refuge, the better it will be for you. Listen to your radio. Stay where you are and keep listening to your radio. Now, this is what you should do if you are out of doors when the warning sounds. Take cover at once when you hear the attacks. I think that's kind of enough of that. Good evening, dear listener. Late night alternative. Ian Lee, uh, Catherine Boyle. Hello. I should warn you. There is that. There is no. Maybe I should have said it at the start, Catherine. That would have been professional. There is no nuclear. Well, I, I mean, there is always a nuclear threat, dear listener. But um, there is. That was not a, a real nuclear attack. Don't panic. Although we did have the woman yesterday, whose eighty-four-year-old neighbour um, doesn't buy meat anymore because apparently she's not allowed to because of the protesters saying that she's not allowed to. Is that that? You might want to twist that microphone so that you know. Microphones are least of my worries. My headphones don't work. Okie dokie. Here we go. It's fun, fun, fun. Um, this is the late night alternative. We're playing that because we mentioned this this book a couple of days ago nuclear war in the uk taras have i got that right uh taras yeah taras taras young has written this book it is brilliant now the regular listeners will know uh, by the way you can call in and talk to taras and, and your your fun memories of what it was like to be threatened by a post-apocalyptic nuclear war uh, in the 80s or you can phone in with your usual nonsense but this this show, as you know, is often, we often talk about the, uh, the movie Threads, that, um, kids of a certain age in the 80s. Taras, some kids, uh, I, I've, we've talked about this a lot, and I watched it, I think as a 12 or 13 year old when it was on the telly, thinking, oh, this will be a laugh. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought this will be a laugh. It, it was the most horrific thing 
I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's and awful, I, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's horrendous. And I saw the Joker today, guys, and it's more horrendous than that, quite considerably. But we then got calls from people who were like 12, 13, that were made to watch it in school. Oh, my goodness. As part <laughs> of their curriculum. They would go in and they would watch. And that, I'm, I'm, can I ask how old you are? I wouldn't normally do that with a guest. I'm 35. 35, so okay. So I was born the year Threads was released, so I didn't see it at the time. Gosh. Or I may have done, but I don't remember. Oh, you're, you're, well, you're, there's a baby. I, I'd hope not. Okay, so you're, you're ten years younger than me. Nuclear War in the UK. It is a book which is, is stunningly put together. It documents and details British attitudes towards nuclear war. Why, why did you do this book? Uh, I've been collecting this stuff for ten or twelve years now. Stop the clock. Time out. <laughs> Already. <laughs> I told you, Catherine, there was something about this one. Why were you collecting this stuff? Um, well... Well, my, <laughs> some kind of fetishist. Well, yeah, not not to do with this. But, mm. uh, my my dad was really interested in RAF and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I never quite caught that bug. Yeah, and my mum is from the Ukraine, so she was brought up in the Soviet Union. Right. So I think there's something a little bit genetic uh, about it. Okay. Um, but it was a chance encounter with a, a booklet in my grandparents' attic uh, when I was maybe ten or twelve years old. Yeah. Um, it's just you know doing the childish thing of raking about through your grandparents' stuff, and I found this um, booklet that was marked "Atomic Warfare." Um, so that piqued my interest a little bit as a ten-year-old, um, and that was actually part of the old civil defence um, training materials that yeah. were produced in the sixties. Um, so that that got me started on a particular path. I so think. you were collecting all this stuff for years, and then you thought this this there is a book in this. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I'd accumulated something like three or four hundred things. Oh man, um, I want to come around and see your collection someday. <laughs> I really do. And yeah, I thought, well, there's no other book like this, and I really wanted a book like that to exist. Yeah. Like when I was starting collecting, I thought someone must have done this, yeah. but no, nobody had. So. I haven't read it all yet. It's um, I, I've, I've looked at the pictures and I've read bits and pieces. So, so where does it start and where does it end? What period are we covering in the book? Uh, it's covering sort of mid 1950s right up till 1990, 91. Right. Okay. Um, end of the Cold War. So. Um, and how? And how? Because I remember seeing threads. I remember there was a season. 82, 83, 84, something like that. There was a, probably about 84, actually. There was a season on BBC where they showed lots of nuclear-themed things. I don't quite know what they were what they were pinning it on. And I, rem I think I remember the Protect and Survive, but I'm not sure if I actually remember seeing it on the TV or if I just... Rem I remember in the 90s, Catherine, you'd get, um, like, VHS videos going around of, like... Driller Killer and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, these films that were banned, and then they'd show a little bit of a film called Snuff that was apparently a snuff film, but it wasn't. And then at the end of it, the tape would be filled up with these protect and survive things. So you'd get all these stoners in the 90s watching Driller Killer, and then that comes up, you know, to kind of terrify you. Very, very strange. But what, how much of this, how much of this, like the protect and survive we just played, was that actually shown on the television? Um, a little bit of it was, which is maybe what you're remembering. Right. Um, there was an episode of Panorama with a very young Jeremy Paxman um, presenting all this stuff, and it was the first time the public had really uh, had it brought to their attention. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they showed a few clips from those uh, horrific films. So um, what were the films intended for then? Where... 
where would they have been, did they get shown anywhere? What, they, what were they, they for? They didn't. Um, the, the films were intended to be shown if we were already at the stage of right. sort of international tension and crisis and all that kind of thing. When yeah. the government thought, right, it's almost certainly going to happen. Yeah. Let's show these films, let's get the public prepared. Um, and they'd be trickled out at first, just sort of in between ad breaks and things like that, and then they would be ramping it up as the, the tension increased. And the information in it, useless. Useless, really, isn't it? I mean, th yeah. we heard there, <laughs> it, it, close your curtains. That's the, that's not going to protect you from a nuclear... Do you think it was serious advice from people who thought this was going to be useful, or do you think it was just trying to minimise something that they really knew was going to be awful? Well, that, that's the big question. Right. So, um, were they... Uh, trying to keep people in their homes and keep them busy and keep them off the streets and not rioting and looking for food and all that kind of thing? Or was it genuine advice? And it's a, it's a tricky question to answer because some of the stuff you think it doesn't make sense painting your windows white, but that would reflect yeah. the, the flash and sort of heat flash from the nuclear weapon. So that would kind of work, even though the windows would then be smashed by the blast afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky to say. I reckon that, uh, <laughs> It's kind of useful, but only, it's mostly useful for the government keeping people under control. Yeah. Did you, is it, uh, here it is, did you ever, um, I mean, how far does your collection go? Have you got a Bental Simplex shelter, <laughs> for example? I mean, that's some, that's some advert, isn't it? That's a bleak, <laughs> the Bental Simplex shelter, probably the wisest investment you'll ever make. And all it is is a picture of barren, uh, wasteland with like a periscope sort of sticking out. Of the top. Yeah. Have you got one of those anywhere? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't own enough land to build a shelter. But that, that was a real... People were buying this. Yeah, apparently. Um, wow. Yeah, there was a, a boom uh, around sort of early 1980s at the same time as Protect and Survive yeah. came to the public's attention. Um, there was this boom in uh, companies offering to build you a, a nuclear bunker in your back garden. Uh, it was mostly, I think there was mostly chancers, to be honest. Right. Companies like builders and marine merchant, like people that built boats. Yeah, because um, what are you going to do if it doesn't work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep your receipts. <laughs> That's a very good Keep point. your receipts. How much, because I'm, I'm oh, ten years older than you, five years older than you, Catherine, yeah. how much of this, did this, did this fear play any part in your growing up, or no. did it kind of pass by the time you... you Not you... massively. Um, it's only kind of in the years... As I got a bit older and I sort of listened to Kate Bush and some of the prog rockers talking mm. about the Soviets and, yeah. you know, and, and obviously Kate Bush wrote songs about it as well. And I thought, God, they, this was real. It wasn't just something. And this was a big, I don't want to say industry necessarily, but that you've got lots of Protect and Survive Monthly magazines yeah. in here. <laughs> How long did that run for? Uh, it ran for a grand total of 17 issues. Wow. Um, so about two years. And it was people who really took the idea and ran with it. Um, it was an independent thing. It wasn't actually prepared by the government. Yeah. Uh, it was people who were inspired by Protect and Survive to make their own thing. I guess today you would call them preppers. Yes. Um, so it's it's that the genesis of that sort of thing. Uh, my favourite um, thing is my favourite thing is uh, the, the the cover. It says, "Will your pet survive a nuclear war?" <laughs> and there's a picture of a, a very lovely middle-aged lady who's got nice blow-dried hair, holding a cat. And it looks like she's in a bunker. And there was this kind of air that if there is a nuclear war, it will, things will be a little bit difficult, but we'll all survive. Oh, yes, there'll be a nuclear winter, and uh, but we'll all be okay. And after a little while, we'll be able to come out. They, they, were, they, they were telling people it'll be all right. Yeah, and that was the overriding message. And I think a lot of people, uh, civil servants, knew it wouldn't be all right. 
Um, but they had to be seen to be they doing something. And they couldn't create panic no. as well, I suppose. No, what would be the use of that? Well, it would only <laughs> cause trouble for the government. You'd get more people demonstrating and yeah. perhaps attacking their power base. And people will be terrified. So protect and survive was, was, was done by preppers. But then you've got these leaflets, which I'm assuming are official. Are, are these for, from councils? You've got Leicester and the bomb, Leeds and the bomb, Hull and the bomb. Yeah. Were they done by councils? Yeah, these are all local authority pamphlets. So uh, Pamphlets. Pamphlets. Sorry, that's the technical <laughs> No, I'm not going to use that word for years. A have you got the nuclear bomb pamphlet? I think we're about <laughs> to be... A, local council. I think we're about... And, and, and were these real? P did people get these? Or? Yeah, yeah, these were absolutely wow, real. And you'll man. notice a lot of them are northern councils, so you've got Leicester, Leeds, Hull, um... Bradford, those kind of places, yeah. and it was all the left-leaning councils. Right. So they were under uh, an obligation from the from central government to prepare some kind of document, some kind of booklet that they could, some kind of pamphlet <laughs> that they could um, <laughs> send out to their, their residents. And uh, a lot of them weren't too sold on the nuclear idea. Um, and they produced these things that were basically saying you and your family are going to die. So what are you, you going to do about it? <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 they're beautiful. The, the covers are, yeah. and the Kirkleys and the bomb and Bristol and the bomb, beautiful. You know, sort of slightly psychedelic mushroom cloud. Hull and the bomb, though. I mean, look at that. That is that's game over. That one there. Yeah. It's bleak. A bomb, just a bomb going off in the middle of Hull city centre. Yeah. It's grim. How? Were people bothered by it? Were people, were, obviously you had the, 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 the kind of the extremists, let's call them, the preppers, the people doing the Protect and Survive magazine. But generally, were people bothered by it or was it just, a, you know, people got on with their daily life and didn't really care? Well, I think, I think you see it in threads that people just weren't that, it, it was in the background, but it wasn't something that was taking up their mental space sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was only when it got, re I mean, in threads, you, you see them preparing their shelter like five minutes before the bomb goes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was probably the case for a lot of people. Um, they just didn't want to think about it, I guess. Um, 0344 499 1000. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll do all the links. You, you tell us the best link in a minute to ask where we can, where you get more money. Nuclear war in the UK. <laughs> I promise we'll do fun stuff in a bit. I, I, I promise you. It's not going to be a whole thing. But I just, just, whoever it was who tweeted th this book and put it in my direction, thank you so much. They said, I think this might be up your street, Ian. My God, you know me so well. Um, 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Stimulate. Nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh my word. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we've got Taras Young who's written Nuclear War uh, in the UK. Why is it, is it because I grew up with that whole thread thing and, you know, and, and Reagan and Thatcher and stuff and the genuine threat of nuclear war, that it's still... You had the launch tonight. Yeah. Was it mainly men like me that were <laughs> that were sniffing around you, showing an interest? Uh, there were a few, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> it does it, attract a certain type of person. It does, doesn't it? Because uh, I, 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 w w with respect, you found it a little bit harder to get excited by this book than I. I came it's in me. frothing at the mouth, going, "Oh my god, have you seen this?" Well, it's not something I remember from no. my life. So mm. to me, it's always been yeah. in books like you know it, things I've seen, yeah. photographs of. I've never. It's funny. I didn't live with that. It was threat. real. Yeah. It was actually real. And I was saying, I still have nightmares about a nuclear attack, a nuclear bomb. Not as much as I used to. We, we, we're talking about the, um, 
uh, Extinction Rebellion yesterday to us, and uh, we had a few people saying that they had grandchildren, we had one person saying that their 11 and 13, I think, year old grandchildren at school were terrified by w- what they were learning about the end of the world and, and stuff like that. Not completely convinced, I, I believe, exactly what the caller said. Maybe she was getting some of the information confused, shall we say. But it's important that kids know that what we're doing to the planet and that we need to make a change. It's important, I think, to have, not that they're having sleepless nights, but they have a little bit of, that you are realistic about them, about what could potentially happen. And and that's what we had in 84, 85, 86. A, a real, it was on the news. It was a real threat. You know, the nuclear missiles increasing in number and all of that. Are we completely safe now? <laughs> is this, is this, because there was a little bit last year or the year before, wasn't there, with North Korea yeah, and, yeah. and Trump and stuff. And, and, and it, it seemed to awaken some of that stuff that had been dormant for 35 years. Are we, whereabouts are we now in terms of um, needing to get b- bentles into fit in a bunker? Well, that's what I always say is that, do you think that the Russians just sort of turned off the missiles and they're not pointing at, at us anymore? I think. Yeah. Nothing's really changed. I mean, did the Cold War really ever end? Um, probably yeah. not. Um, I reckon those missiles are still pointing at us. It's just a case of um, the the relationship between us and them. Who did you speak? Did you speak to people about this? I mean, obviously you've got your your vast and let's be honest, slightly weird collection. Mm. But we've all got weird collections, um, and I do genuinely want to come and see your magazines. Uh, who, uh, is anybody who worked for the government able to speak about this stuff? Yeah, uh, I think. So, um, yeah, people who were working on this stuff then are speak. I've spoken to a couple of them and they've been okay about it. Some people are still feel bound by that official secret. Yeah, acting. yeah. Um, I have heard a story about someone who worked on Protect and Survive who was being interviewed by an academic who said, well, you, of course you worked on Protect. I never worked on Protect and Survive. Wow. And we know from the public records office have opened it up and you can see his name there in, in print. But he won't admit it because he still feels an obligation under the official Secrets, Secrets Act. That's proper old school. Yeah, absolutely. I remember yeah, it, it, once people signed that, they, you know, they will go to their their graves quite often <laughs> and not give anything away. Well, there's a family member of mine that can't tell me exactly what he's up to. <laughs> Well, just learn not to ask him. I remember, I think it was my nan worked for the civil service, and I think she had to sign the Official Secrets Act, and I don't remember asking her about it, I can't tell you. I think she's only, she only worked in like an office, you know, on the fringes of stuff. That's but what they want you to Exactly. Yeah. That's what they want you to. Going through your collection, what was the most, um, disturbing thing that you found that, that was, was out there? Um, I've got a folder which is the Wiltshire County Council War Book. So this is you you see you see it in threads where they uh he gets the call from central government and he whips out this war opens book un- unlocks his, the drawer yeah, and gets this big folder out on what to do the instructions it, yeah. and Wiltshire was I think at the time uh, this would have been sort of mid to late seventies was a fairly right wing place right I don't know if that's changed still very Brexity still very Brexity um, and yeah this is just the most bonkers stuff in this folder it's uh, so this was the actual plan of if there was a bomb coming 
the, or we, or it was, you know, it was looking like it was going to happen. What Wiltshire would have to do? Yeah. What? So what kind of stuff did they have? Oh, um, well, basically, what would happen is that central government would delegate responsibility for Wiltshire to the chief executive of Wiltshire, so he'd become a, a kind of overlord over the area with absolute power. Incredible. Um, and they talk about things in there about um, there's sort of questions and answers, and it's like, um, should should I shoot looters and that kind of thing? It's just that's the really off-the-wall stuff. Interestingly, it comes from the, the local authorities rather than central yeah. government. Yeah. Um, I've got some police uh, materials that are uh, surprisingly reserved, and I think that's because, I, well, I guess if they ever got found um, by the press or whatever, they'd want to be able to have plausible den- deniability. Yeah. So it's all very open-ended, so it gets to the point of saying, it's almost intimating that at this point we'd be shooting people and all that kind of thing. It never actually spells it out. It just says, uh, this will be designed, uh, this will be decided at the time sort of thing, or closer to the time. So it just trails off. Would, would, did anywhere in there, does it say anything about traffic wardens with machine guns <laughs> like they have in threads? That's one of the most terrifying images. The woman pissing herself in the street <laughs> and the, the traffic wardens with the guns. Yeah, well I was describing threads to someone who hadn't seen it today. And it's always said, a fun game to play. <laughs> so someone said to me, someone else said, uh, uh, there's a famous scene of a woman pissing herself in the street. And I said, well, yeah, and then it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Which it does. It's just it, yeah. awful. And to me, it's a really realistic depiction. Oh, it's an incredible can, film. You can read as many of these booklets. I mean, do buy my book and read it. But you can read as many books as you want, but seeing it played out like that on screen is just something else. Oh, it is an, it is an incredible film, and it was, say, I've watched it four times in my life. And one was when it was on, uh, one when it, when it came out on DVD thinking, it can't be as bad as I remember, and it was. And then another time, and then when we watched it with Reese Dinsdale. <laughs> and that was the first time I watched it with an audience of 250, 300 people yeah. there. And... The silence, mm. are, I mean, it stands up so well, that film. And the silence, and then I had to go on, you know, afterwards to go, okay, well, we're going to take a 15 minute break if you want to go out and have a drink and, and a, a cry. And a cry. <laughs> and it, and it was, I think a lot of my, um, Oh God! Look, someone's just something. I think a lot of our listeners have seen Threads now because we have talked about it so much. Such a fun show here, Taras. Um, and but if you haven't, dear listener, it, it's on DVD. I think it's on Blu-ray now as well. And it is grim. There is a beauty to it. Uh, it's an incredibly brave film. It could make there's there's it could make so many. It's an uncomfortable watch because there is no happy ending. There is no resolution. Characters just disappear and you assume they are gone. You're dead. And it just that panic. The panic when that bomb goes off and everyone. Anyway. Um, Neil D has just uh, tweeted me. I bought this book in the 80s. I've never felt I can let it go. The Nuclear Survival Handbook by Barry Popkiss. You, uh, there's a picture of it there, Taras. I don't know if you're aware. Oh, of, yes. Yeah. I've yeah, seen that one. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic read. From the shelf. If the West <laughs> comes under nuclear or chemical attack, many of us will survive. For those who do, the nightmare may only be beginning, for we are unprepared and survival during and after the Holocaust will be largely a question of individual readiness and planning. I, of course, d- 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 I, d- I don't know, would you want to survive it or would you, you go and toss yourself under that bomb and yeah, just... Yeah, I'd be straight under the bomb, I think. And it's the thing that they always say, that the uh, living would envy the dead. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's there's no escape from it. There's no happy ending, as you say. I mean, like, 
you, you, it just gets worse and worse. And people talk about a return to medieval conditions, but it wouldn't be because at least medieval times you could drink the water and yeah. you could eat animals that you found. But, um, yeah, the fallout would just destroy everything. Is this your first book? It is. You should be very proud of it. Thank you. Teresa. I don't mean, I hope that doesn't sound patronizing. You should be very proud of it because I think it's important. I think it's an important historical thing that it's very, very easy to forget that this was real and that uh, this, you know, this is, this is social history you've got here. Mm. It's also, it's also brilliantly put together. Um, was it upsetting writing it? Or had you, were you so familiar with the material anyway that yeah. you could kind of switch off a little I've, bit? I have, I've kind of grown very familiar with all this stuff and yeah, it's, it doesn't cause me nightmares anymore. <laughs> My nightmares are about other things, uh, <laughs> UFOs and stuff like that. Oh, here we go. How does, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does your, how does your uh, <laughs> Ukrainian mother feel about this obsession of yours? Um, she's, happy with it. She hasn't indicated any displeasure with it. Tell fun. us about the, uh, we'll, we'll give this another plug in a second <laughs> and we'll tell you where to get it. I've just tweeted. Here we go. <laughs> Andy says, well that's one for the Christmas list. Morbid fascination with all things nuclear war. Ever since my mum sat me and two brothers on the settee and made us watch Threads one Thursday <laughs> night in the 80s and said, Jesus, and said, this could happen to us next week. I was seven. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is that is like showing a seven-year-old the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. This could happen to us next week. Yeah. Wow, and that's the thing. It was billed as an educational thing. We keep going back to threads is the cornerstone, but y yeah, you're right, Andy. I think this is going to be on a lot of weird families' <laughs> Christmas lists. Nuclear war in the UK. We will tell you where to get it in a second, and and, and you can obviously can get it on Amazon. But there are better places for the author. UFOs. Yes. Tell me. What? I'm fascinated by UFOs as well. That I, might be I the saw next one. Book. Did I you? saw one. I saw one. Genuinely, I genu genuinely saw one. Um, it was me and my girlfriend at the time who became my wife, now my ex-wife, and we was we lived in Muswell Hill in North London. We had a tiny little balcony. It was about five o'clock on a really bright, sunny Saturday afternoon in the summer. It was still very, very light, and we stood on the balcony just looking out. I think she may have only just moved in, and. I said, wouldn't it be fun, isn't the sky clear, wouldn't it be funny if we saw a UFO now? <laughs> and she went, yeah, it would be funny. 20 seconds later, I swear to God, and she is, um, she's a journalist, right? She's, she will tell you this happened. She's very straight down the line. 20, 30 seconds later, this bright, white, yellow light just moved in a straight line across the sky and I went, can you see that? And she went, yeah, I can. And we looked at it. It wasn't a Chinese lantern. There were a lot of Chi Chinese lanterns were in vogue, but it certainly wasn't that. It certainly wasn't an aeroplane. I don't know how big it was or how far away. This bright light just moved in a straight line just across and into the distance. And we just watched it and we went, Jesus. And then I was working at LBC at the time and I mentioned it on air. And my local paper got in touch and said, oh, we'd love to do a story. And I said, well, no. No, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, hey, that guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be the UFO guy. So I didn't, I didn't really talk about it yeah. too much. Yeah, I think it's really, it's interesting because it crosses over with my Cold War stuff. Right. Um, because the rise of UFOs mirrored sort of the rise of the Cold War. Yeah. And um, people seeing things in the sky, um, it, it served the interests of, I'm going to go a bit off piece here. Go, go do it. <laughs> served the interests of the government to say, yeah, it is a UFO. If they were testing some newfangled device in the sky, then yeah. why wouldn't they say that and encourage it? And actually, there's another book in the same series as mine um, called uh, UFO Drawings from the National Archives, which your listeners may also like to buy. Oh, um, God, yes. So man. what had happened was people throughout 
um, sort of 50s, 60s, 70s, had been sending drawings of things that they'd seen in the sky to the government, and the government had been saying, well, we don't know what to do with these, so they just put them away in a file. Yeah. And this uh, guy, Dr. David Clark, found these drawings, and he's written this fantastic book with all these amazing pictures um, of wow. things that people claim they saw. Wow. Get him in, man. We've just sold you another book. TYTD says, thanks for the heads up on this. I just ordered a copy. Love reading about how screwed we are if the powers that be decide to push the button down. Um, so UFO, how, so that's happening. That book is happening, is it? Oh, no. My, my, my UFO book is not happening. It's, it's not happening. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, but it will. I have a complete collection of the Unexplained magazine. You're very welcome to come around and read my archives. Fantastic. Uh, Taras, this, uh, this is great, man. Well done. Uh, I'm hoping we sell a couple, a couple for you tonight. So, I've just tweeted the link, but the best place to go, Amazon, if you're, if you're lazy and you, you just yeah. want to click on it, that counts as a sale. But, the best place for you. Uh, the publishers are Four Corners Books, so check out their website. Four Corners Books, and it's F-O-U are cornersbooks.co.uk. It's Taras, uh, T-A-R-A-S, Young. Nuclear war in the UK. I'll tweet it again a little bit later on. Uh, it's lots of you are weirdos like me. And um, it, 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 it's, I just, I just found it fascinating. <clears throat> found it terrifying. Uh, and it, it, I've actually found it strangely comforting to see all of this stuff gathered in one place to see that actually it was real. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question before we wind this off? No, we have finished. No, of course you can. <laughs> the reason I asked about what, the reason I asked about what your mum thought about it was I wonder whether there's an equivalent book to be made with the Russian ah. um, publications. I'm assuming yeah. the Russians told their populace what to do. Yeah, absolutely. So she's told me about uh, they actually had it in their schools. So they had a, uh, a class which was civil defence. So how to, you know, the wow. same sort of thing as the duck and cover in the US. Yeah. yeah. I think other countries did it a lot better than, or they did it a lot more than us. Um, I think in the UK, we were more left to fend for ourselves. Um, so the Swiss had a, a law that said you must have a bunker as part of any new built house. Gosh. Um, so they've got plenty. Um, wow. Yeah. And the Russians and Americans obviously had big communal shelters and training their kids up with the duck and cover stuff. But yeah, in this country, it was just, uh, I'll just keep it quiet and hope that keep nothing happens. Keep calm happened. and carry on. I yeah. love films where people have been in nuclear bunkers for 50 years and then they come out and they find there wasn't a nuclear war. <laughs> I love those films. I love those films. Um, there's, there's the, the Brendan Fraser one. There's that one on DVD that I lent you that you won't even know I'm talking about because you've never watched it about the, the bear. Um, and there's, um, what's that series that we started watching and didn't finish it? Um, Oh, Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt, yeah, that's good. Have you seen Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt's <laughs> it's amazing. Great. Uh, Taras, thank you so much for this. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, this, this is out now, isn't it? It People, is, yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. Nuclear War in the UK. You can get it on Amazon if you're lazy. Fourcornersbooks.co.uk. Let's put the trail and the ad together so we can get a couple of pictures with Taras before he goes. And then we'll take your phone calls. Lavinia, Alan, Cleo, stay there. 0344 1000 This is The Late Night Alternative. Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative. With Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. Hello? Uh, hang on a second, dear listener. Catherine, is, is the terrace still there? Yes. Tell him to give me my bloody book back. He nicked it. I've got it here. Yes. These authors, you can't trust them. Thank you, Catherine. Walked out with my book. Walked out with my book. 0344. 
499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lots to talk about. Thank you to that, Taras, and thank you everyone who's just tweeting me saying they've ordered it. That's great. It's good to know that it's worth getting these people in because you're interested in, in what they're talking about. Uh, we can talk more about that. Uh, we talk about the Joker film. No spoilers. I watched it today. I'm keen to get your thoughts. No spoilers. Um, places that you are allowed to leave litter. 0344-499-1000. And if you want, I've got thoughts on the Colleen Rooney, Rebecca Vardy thing. I've got thoughts. As you know, I was in the jungle with Rebecca Vardy. I was just saying yesterday, she's one of the three people I'm actually scared of. So I've got thoughts on that. We might talk about that in a bit. Busy switchboard, guys. I'm coming to you. Hello, James. Hello, Ian. James, what can I do for you on this wonderful holy evening? Um, I was listening to the uh, guy before you. Yes. About the nuclear thing. Oh, yes. Um, a, a couple of years ago, there's, there's a few a few of my mates and my dad. We go round uh, various war sites around Europe. Okay. And we was in Latvia, and we uh, found out about a, um, a secret nuclear Soviet bunker. Oh, go on, go on. And we had a visit round it. it. It was disguised as an old people's home. What do you mean it was disguised? What? Did, did old people that, actually live there? No, the, no. What the Russians did, they built flats at the back. Flats? And said it was for recuperation of old people. Okay. But actually what it was, was it, was it had a war room and everything. Fair we weren't work. allowed to take pictures inside the war room. Yeah. It was real 80s style. Wow. It had all the, all the pictures on the wall of how, where the nuclear strikes would happen and how many people would die if it happened. Man alive. And this was your it holiday, was, was going to places like this? Yes, we do it every year. <laughs> Why do you do that, you weirdo? Because it, we've been to Auschwitz mm. as well, obviously. Well. Yeah, obviously. It, it, it. Yeah, okay. But the Latvia one, that was one of our highlights. Okay. It really oh. was. James, what is got, have you been infected with nuclear radiation or something? Because your phone is howling like a, uh, uh, like Bitches Brew by Miles Davis. Uh, no, I'm in a car at the moment. Ah, uh, that would explain it, James. Thank you. Where, where are you going? Where, where are you going next, next year? year. We're planning Chernobyl. Thank you very much indeed, James. Uh, let's go to Pete. Good evening, Pete. Hello, Ian. Chernobyl was, Hello, was not, a, was not a, a, um, a Thomas Cook advertisement, by the way, guys. It was a hard-hitting television series. Pete, what can we do for you tonight, sir? Hello, yes, I'm ringing up to talk The Apprentice. Oh, it's Pete! Oh, I see! We're looking for our... Well, uh, first of all, no spoilers, okay? We don't want any spoilers, okay? No, that won't be a problem. Why? Because I know better than to give spoilers. You watched it, though? Yeah, because I wouldn't ring up without watching it. What was tonight's task? Uh, well, Lord Sugar summoned them to Alexandra Palace. Um, and Alexandra Palace was in the Doctor Who episode, The Unquiet Jesus Dead. Um, which saw David Tennant and Billy Piper fight Maureen Lipman as The Wire. Um, and it was Mark Gatiss who was part of the sketch troupe, the League of Gentlemen? Well, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem, Pete. First yeah. of all, 
great Apprentice update, mate. Thank you. Really, I really feel that we got the nub of this week's episode without giving away too much. So thank you, Pete. I, I respect so, that. Yeah. I respect that. Second of all, I'm afraid the League of uh, Gentlemen, League of Gentlemen argument is null and void now after one of the League of Gentlemen, uh, Mark Gatis, um, actually pwned you and Ollie, and I consider, I know, I consider you two come as a package, um, because you and Ollie called him, called it the League of Gentlemen. I didn't. You were, I consider you and Ollie as a, as a, as a package, Sorry, Pete, I just said. My, my half of the Pete Ollie, uh, Polly. pairing. Polly. Of the po- yeah, my half of Polly did not call it League of Gentlemen. You called, you, Polly called, this is what we're calling you and Ollie now, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you called, um, that Mark Gatiss's excellent, excellent, um, sitcom troupe, uh, League of Gentlemen. Sitcom troupe isn't a thing. Um, League of Gentlemen, and he furiously, because he has got a temper, he furiously, um, replied, well, League of Gentlemen might have been a sketch troupe, but League of Gentlemen, well, dot, 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 and then didn't answer the question, which to me says no. So he didn't answer the question is what you're saying. So it still goes without an answer. Yeah, but what the answer is, one nil to me, because your side... Why are we even having this argument, Pete? Get lost! Didn't watch the episode. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Let's go to Lavinia. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Lavinia. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Lavinia. Hello. Lavinia. Hello. Hello, Lavinia. Lavinia, Lavinia, wanna be in here. Lavinia, what can we do for you this evening, please, my love? Uh, what I was hearing you talk about earlier yes. was aliens and also. Uh, UFOs. Yes. I actually believe in them. Yeah. And have I you ever been anally probed? Yes, I have. <laughs> Do you want to talk <laughs> no, about it? Well, it's a bit in. It's a bit intimate. Like, yes. Know. Was this by an yeah. alien or by by a lover? By an alien, actually. No, seriously. Shut up! You were <laughs> no. You were anally probed by an alien. Yes. Tell me about it. He, Tell me about it. What happened? It wasn't uh, sexually. It no. was uh, mentally. He mentally, so the, anally probed you? Yes. Wow. Yes. And it was out of this world, Ian. Totally. <laughs> and I still can't get over it even now. You know, that's why I'm actually phoning you to tell you. Did he leave a number or a forwarding address or anything? No, he didn't. You okay. know, this is what I can't understand because uh, this is what I'm actually trying to phone you to tell you and to, uh, let everybody know out there. There is aliens out there. Yes. Uh, 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 they do exist. Yes. Because I've actually had the experience. Yep. And it's out of this well. Okay. Wow. So, t- so how do you tell me when this an- mental anal probing happened, Lavinia? About, honestly, you know, I mean, I'm not joking I here. believe you, I about, believe you. Thank you. It, um, it was about uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. And, and ever since uh, then, I've I never got over it, and it's I never left my mind. Or your bum. Uh, the, yes. Mm. And also my body. Oh, okay. Gosh. 
does he, does he, do you think he'll come back? Yes. Uh, uh, second yes, coming. You look, I hope, hope hoping for a second coming. Yes, I hope so. Because I'm uh, waiting for it to happen any minute. <laughs> I think I wish you the very, very best of luck there. Um, uh, only on the late night alternative weeknights from 10 with Ian and Kath on talk radio. My word. Thank you, Lavinia. Um, let's try Alan Caddick. Alan, ever been anally probed? No, but Eric Paltman has a cow pass. E Eric Paltman? No, Eric Paltman. Eric? Cartman. I don't know who that is. No, he was a character in South Park in the very first ever episode. Ah, uh, okay, I've not seen, I've not really seen South Park. But I want to talk about, for you and Millie, did you win it? I'm not prepared, I'm not prepared, pre prepared to tell you if I want it or not. I mean, 170 million, it's not to be sniffed at. Let's just say, before someone won the Euro Millions, the phones here didn't work. Now someone has won the 170 million pounds, the phones work. Could it be Joker who fixed it? Could be, could be. It I was, mean, how was Joker? Joker was, film? Joker... Thank you, Catherine. I've got a great little video for you. I don't know if you heard Lavinia's call. No. Well, tell them there's a video at 10.45. Lavinia gets anally probed by an alien. That's not even a joke. And she said it was out of this world. Gosh, did you take her for a drink first? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but there's your video, 10.45, pretty right. much on the dot. There's, there's okay. tonight's video. Uh, Alan, I saw the Joker today. And no spoilers. No spoilers. Mm. I enjoyed it. But... <laughs> But yeah. I just thought I thought it was okay. There were some really good bits in it. I thought it looked really good. Joaquin, 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 Joaquin for Johnny Cash, as I like to call him. And I did pretend it was Johnny Cash in the film. It made it more enjoyable. Joaquin Phoenix was brilliant. I think he's a great actor. Robert De Niro is in it. He looks like Tony Bennett. Um, he does actually, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, there were some great bits, but overall, I just thought that's eh, okay. That's eh, an okay film. That it's, a, it's an okay oh. film. I think Jack Nicholson was the best Joker in the first Batman film. Caesar, is it Caesar Romero? He was no, one, Jack yeah. Nicholson. No, 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 Caesar Romero. And well, was it in the TV series? Yeah. And was not Merle Oberon one as well? Mm, who's Merle Oberon? Oh no, he was a penguin. Yeah, yeah, no, Caesar no, Romero. Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Was a penguin. I um, and also here's the thing: everyone's going, "Oh, it's too violent. It's too violent. It's too violent." It's not that violent. It's, it ain't no chainsaw massacre or driller killer, right? That's violent. But it's certainly significantly less violent than, um, like a lot of the Jason Stratham movies I've been It's not that violent. There are, I'm not gonna give, I don't wanna give you the, there are a handful, no spoilers. no spoilers. There are a handful of violent scenes. It's not that violent. It's more about a, a guy, with some form of brain damage, um, as he descends into insanity. So, a sort of personality disorder. Exactly, Alan, exactly. If I'd have heard what you'd have said, I would have been there. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I am a big fan of old radio comedy shows, sitcoms generally, but old comedy shows. And on Four Extra, they play a lot of them. They play a lot of stuff from the 50s and 60s. And I, I love it because some of them are funny, still. Some of them are not funny still, but the audience is howling with laughter. And I think it's a real interesting snapshot as to what was funny 
then? I had a round the horn obsession in my early twenties. Some good, some good bits. Round the horn still stands up in places. Julian and Sandy. Yeah, still stands up in places. Um, I was never really a big fan of Hancock. I always find Hancock a little bit too slow. Uh, I, I don't really enjoy Hancock. Um, I enjoy the, the, the Life with the Lions was one I listened to. It's like, I think it was from the early 50s. There's only a handful of episodes. I don't quite know who the Lions were, but there were this American family. It's just weird hearing an American family. And it's, you know, real mum burns the cakes and um, I, I said, you know, mishearing stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard one today. And I couldn't quite place it. I'm guessing it was from the 80s because they were talking about punks and punks were in the 70s, right? And the whole thing, and I had to sit in my car to hear the last thing because when they said the setup line, 10 minutes into it, I thought, oh, God, no, they're not going to. That's not going to be the punchline. It's about an actor, an out-of-work actor. There's a kind of a reason I'm saying this. It's about an out-of-work actor. I think John Gordon Sinclair, I think, Scottish fella, I think it was him. And his agent says, I've got an acting job for you, an audition. It's a punk. And they want a punk who is, there were three words. It was something like irreverent, crazy, and bald. And I went, and he goes, oh, right, well, okay, you're always telling me I should be more committed. I'm going to get my head shaved. You know what the punchline was? You know what the punchline was? Bold, not bald. Flipping it, really? I made uh, a terrible mistake. It was irreverent, crazy, and bold. <laughs> Why are you harder? Um, and it was—I mean, it was awful, awful, right? Really awful. But there was a really interesting thing that dated it. So John Gordon Sinclair, if it is indeed him, goes off to get his head shaved, and the barber says. Uh, the barber says something like, um, you're the third person I've had come in and get their head shaved like this. Oh, really? Is it catching on? Nah, nah, nah. The people that came in, they'd just been released from the nut out. They were loonies. Oh. That had just been released from the nut house. Gosh. They went out and topped themselves a bit later because <sighs> they couldn't stand the way they looked. Loonies? Nuthouse. I may have got Nuthouse wrong. It was something like that. Looney's Nuthouse topped themselves. In a joke. In a joke. It was incredible. And it's like, it was, um, it, it was, it really just dated. You just thought, my God, my God, Miss Jones. Just how, how, I don't know what it made me think. It, it did, and I'd seen the Joker today, and it is, it, it is about mental illness. Really, it's more about an actual physical brain damage as opposed to mental illness. Um, although there is mental illness. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to, I'll say something I'm not meant to say. Um, but I just thought you, you go from that uh, to um, some loonies from the local nut house top themselves. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, of a, because of a haircut. Because yeah, that's how it works. Absolutely incredible. We've got so many calls. My God, it's like the phones are working. Good evening, Steve. Steve. Hi, Hello, Steve. Can I have a go at guessing your pin? My pin Please. number? No, your pin. Well done. My personal information number. You know what, you know what the Personal end. identification number. Exactly. Okay, yeah, of course you can. Go on. You, I'll tell you what. You, you guess and I'll tell you if you've got any of the numbers right. If you get it all right, this is incredible. I know, but imagine if I do. Yeah. Um, one seven, eight, 
two. Okay. You said one, seven, eight, two. Mm-hmm. You have one of the numbers right in the wrong position. Can I, can I have a go? No, you can't, Steve. I'm afraid you can't. It's, it's one guess only per night, I'm afraid. So his guess there was one... Did you one... invite people to do this? Did I miss that bit? Or is it no. just Steve out of <laughs> nowhere? Steve just invented the game. That actually, it's, it's pretty good fun. 1782. Thank you for picking me up on pin number. Thank you. I, w- respect. 1782. Is that my personal identification number? No. But one of those numbers is correct. It's just in the wrong place. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the phone number if you want to play that game. Good evening, Susan. Oh, hello. Can I give you the number? See if I get it right. Uh, yeah, sure. Go on. Seven, one, eight, two. You've just done the same. Okay. You have but one of different... you have one of the numbers. Yeah. In the wrong place. Oh. Okay. I'll I tell you something else then. Go on then. <laughs> um, you, you were talking about UFOs and that earlier on. Um, I've actually. I've actually got some um, UFO footage online. I took it in 2002 when I lived in Little Clapton, Essex. Yeah, go on. And um, what it was, because I lived in a house then, I live in a bungalow now, because yeah. we're downsized. Yes, but, um, too much It was a funny day, really, because the, my children were a lot younger then. And um, on that particular evening, I had a very late bath. It was late then, because I, I was working as a cleaner. And, um, anyway, um, I saw this bright orange thing going right across the sky during the evening. Was it, it a loofah? half past ten. It was half past ten at night. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell is that? Because I just got out of the bath and I was just sitting down, not thinking about any of this stuff. Anyway, I, I quickly went to the wardrobe and I was ever so nervous because, um, I only had this camcorder a while and I'm not very technical. But I managed to get five minutes of this thing. Did you and, take? Um, why did you have a camcorder in the bedroom? Don't ask. Well, I just left it in the cupboard. It was in the cupboard, you know. Right. And did um, you take over anything? I got, but I got five minutes of it. But I was excited. But you were and scared at the same time. Can we see it? You can. But what I was going to say to you, oh, um, wow. if you if you type in UFO seen over Little Clapton on 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 YouTube. Yes, it's on there, because at that time, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm only just ordinary on the internet. UFO I, seen over Little Clacton? Yeah, Essex. It's not come up. It's 2002. If you put 2002 oh, on it, it will come up. But my friend did this for me. No. It was already set for her to, she had one of these things where you can, um, oh, you, I don't you know the discs. It was on a disc. Yeah, it's DVD. And, um, huh? But she went back. That's why you've got to wait for it to come on. It's all like frizzy it's in not, the beginning. I then can't, you'll see well, it. I've typed in UFO. Yeah. Let's get rid of scene over. UFO, Little Clacton. Yeah, UFO, scene over, Little Clacton. Well, I just did that and it doesn't come up. Oh. I think, they're, I think they're trying to silence you. Oh, they must be because I've always... If you type it in, it does come I up. I typed it in! You UFO seen yes. over Little Clapton, see? 2002. I'm going to Google it and see if it takes us somewhere else. Yeah, do that, Catherine, because I think... But you will find it, but what I'm saying is you have to wait a few minutes because my, when my friend did it, she didn't realise it was already set oh, go, for got her it, got it. to put, you know, to got it. copy it. And she Susan, said, yeah. Susan, can you come back to us after the news? 
Yeah. Stay there, because I want it. We're going to watch this. We're going to tweet it. Don't watch it until we all press play. Okay? We'll all watch it together, and we'll see some footage of UFO. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We were talking about nuclear war with our guest, Taras Young, and loads of you have bought the book. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It, 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 you know, it's a nice small book. It's, it's, we're hoping to get Andrew Ridgely in at some point to talk about his book, which I'm sure doesn't need much selling. But when it's a small indie book like that, thank you for the support. Uh, and then we kind of got onto UFOs and we heard, um, that Lavinia had been anally probed, mentally anally probed. And fair play to her, she loved it. She absolutely loved it. You missed it, Catherine. You were out when that happened. I, I've got a feeling that I'll be hearing it again. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, then we got a call from Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello, all right. Oh, yep. All right, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> um, and we have found, you found your video, UFO, seen yeah. over Little Clacton, 2002. Yeah. Um, and we're all going to, if you watch, I've just tweeted it. Yeah. Catherine? It's a bit frizzy, as I say, in the well, beginning. You just uh, got out of the bath, hadn't you? We're pressing play now, guys. If you're I listening, press play. I did actually that evening. I had a towel round my head Ooh. and that, like you do, and um, uh, the curtains wet. were open, because oh. we lived in a village then, oh. and uh, as Swingers. I sat down on the bed, I was, because the window's facing, I was just sitting down, and all of a sudden, as I say, this thing comes straight along, very bright, and it was opening and shutting, opening and shutting, like an eye, as it, as it okay. went along. So we, and we, I just thought, what the hell is that? Okay, we press, have a look. You know. We press play, <laughs> and so far we've had 30 seconds of snow, and now it's gone, this picture's gone yeah. black. Why, why I was getting the camcorder ready, um, this, um, thing was illuminating the tree opposite. Okay, because at the moment all I can see is, is black, is black. Yeah, have you got, because it was taken inside my bedroom. When I, when I saw this thing, I was sitting down taking the uh, footage from inside. But you will see it, you'll see a, a round um, okay. object going along. Okay. And it sort of moves and, and everything. I can't see anything at the moment. As I say, I'm, I, I was ever so nervous that evening, and yep. I'm not a very technical person anyway. I wasn't Just turning the lights down in the studio because it's it's a bit bright yeah. in here, right? But you can see you can see. Mm. Um, okay, I can. Um, it's very very dark. Could it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yes, it is. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay. There. I, yeah. Yeah. Fifth in it. And yet, I haven't had any, when I reported that? that, there wasn't hardly anything said about it or anything, you see. Okay, it doesn't look yeah. like it's moving though, it's just, it's just like a light. It's moving, yeah, and then no. it starts sort of, um, turning and everything, you can see it turning. Well, it doesn't look like it's moving. It will, if you keep watching it, you see it move, it does turn and everything. How did you feel at the time when you were watching this, Susan? I was, as I say, um, I called out Wet. to my husband, but they, as I say, it was a big house we had then, there's different rooms downstairs, and they, yep, children were younger, and my, I called out, but no one could hear me, because I was hoping, like, my husband or somebody would have seen this, but unfortunately they never heard me, 
and um, I was very nervous, but I was excited. Forward. I wanted to get it on because I thought if I can get there this, if you, if you jump to four sixteen, you can see it a lot clearer. Yes, it's, it looks like is it behind a tree? It, it um, what is that? I can't was driving along. There was trees, as I say. We're, we're in a village then, and um, it, as it I say, it looks like it could be the moon. No, it's. It I mean, I know what I'm talking about. I've never ever seen anything like that at all. And um, uh, the people that lived opposite us yep. on that particular evening, they were very annoyed because they were out. Because he said he goes out in the garden. He used to say, "I, I look up to the sky and that. I like looking at the um, surroundings and that." I showed him the footage, and he said they wish that they were in that evening. Because he, because I said you would have seen it because it was it was really illuminating your tree. The tree was being illuminated whilst I was getting the chemical who, ready. Who is, um, so I'm, now I'm reading the comments, right? Oh, I but, know there was terrible. I mean, so they that, thought I was. They thought a lot of people thought I. Was, I mean, I'm not even clever enough to. I, could, I wouldn't do it anyway. They thought it was a joke. They didn't take me seriously at all. Um. In uh, that time. The truth is out there, says 8-Ball. Um, yeah. Chinese lanterns have been around and since 250 BC. I love the way someone has a go and you reply, you are so envious. I, I was, at that time, I was, because I was, because when you're telling the truth on something, I felt, you know what I mean, I really felt... This is, this is a post from you. This is Susan's UFO footage. It was nice of my son to put this UFO yeah, you footage put it on, on here. Yeah, tell me, you sure you want this to this go on, but is, I didn't understand much. This is days, true but... UFO strange yeah. object. It's a great shame that a lot of people in 2011 did not take me seriously. This is true footage from myself, yeah. who was very nervous and had to think how to use my camcorder. It's very natural, not prof it's very natural, innocent, not professional footage, all done in five minutes. Yeah. This could have happened to anyone. The thing I do not like mm. is not being believed. I had wished I that know. others had seen this. We were living in a house with the family all downstairs. They did not hear me call them. This is true evidence from Susan. Yeah, because I did get annoyed, you see, because I'm telling the truth. I mean, I'm, I would never, ever, it's not me to, to make out anything like that. T it Tim says, really Tim is unusual. not happy, Tim is not happy. Tim says, the truth is that this is possibly the most lame UFO I clip know. ever to appear, appear on YouTube. I know. Um... But you see, I, 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 you know, when you sort of report things like this, if you're going to be treated like that... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you feel... Tim, you Tim know. doesn't like you. I How know. about you stop acting like a div? Oh, then perhaps you will find in turn that people will be less likely to treat you like one. I know. I um, chill hours. I chill hours. Really, I mean, in a way, I suppose I shouldn't have got on YouTube, really, but uh, I wanted to show, I, I wanted people to see it, because I thought, in my mind, they would, you know, I, I, I think... Let that me that read some of the comments on Twitter. David says it's a tiny dot on the screen. Mm. Um, uh, um, uh, let me see. Very cool. Says, was this filmed on a potato? Says Paul. <laughs> That's the moon, says Jason. Um, um, I think Susan has filmed a Chinese lantern on a potato. It That's and anyway, again. I know what a lantern looks like. Yeah, it wasn't a lantern. No. I mean, this I was really something. I think it's a UFO. I'm on your side, Susan. I'm yeah, on your side. It's just, um, it's just annoying when you want to sort of, you know, they don't let people, I mean, I, 
Look, not believe in you, no. if you know what I mean. Don't tell that me about it. Time, <laughs> I you. work with Catherine Boyle, and every time I give her a bit of trivia or a fact, yeah. she Googles it. Well, we've got to be sure. Then, but I to know. To be honest with you, I, it, during those, like, 22 on, like, 2002 to that sort of date, yeah. you know, there's, there's probably a lot of change now, because I think there's more spoken about it now, isn't there, than yeah, there probably was those days. So, yeah, like mental health, we talk about it more. Yeah. We should talk about UFOs more. So, so I believe you. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. your views on that. Uh, let's make this next call quick, because we've got to go to the break. It's Ollie. Good evening, Ollie. Oh. What do you want? Hello. Uh, did you, um, I can hear my voice, but it's really distracting. But did you tell people when you... Very, 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 what? very bad line, Polly. Very bad line. Very muffled. Can you do anything about that? I don't know if you could go into the kitchen or if you could uh, speak loud or if you could go next to your you sleeping wife. Just something so that we can hear you better, please. Could you hear me now? That's better, yeah. Thank you. Um, did you tell people when you won the League of Gentlemen argument... This is the guy, by the way, for those who don't know, this is the guy who was humiliated had his yeah. trousers and his pants pulled down and his wow. body was spanked by British sitcom legend Mr. Mark Gatiss. One yeah. of the League of Gentlemen, not the League yeah. of Gentlemen, which Ollie yeah. referred to them as, and Mark Gatiss yeah. came back in spectacularly hilarious but yeah. biting oh. form and, and destroyed you on Twitter, Ollie. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious to pick on dyslexia, isn't it? Oh! Oh, Ollie, he's playing the old double D card! <laughs> he's playing the dyslexia! You're not Ollie! You're not playing the dyslexia card! I'm, I, I'm playing the dyslexia card. Ooh. I think that it's unfair when people go, oh, that you start that word. I just, no, 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 but, but when, when the subject. when. So, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, whoa, hang on a second, whoa, whoa, this is a safe space. I'm not picking on dyslexics. Oh, I dumped, I dumped it, I didn't say it, I didn't say it, no, I didn't, and I dumped, I dumped that, I had to dump what that there, cause, I had to dump <laughs> that there, because Ollie used the F word. No, I didn't. I had to, you will, you, you will know, dear listener, I used the dump button there, because Ollie said that, <laughs> it's a yellow card, mate, he used the F word. <laughs> Sorry about that. Whatever point I was, I'm not picking on dyslexics. He said, "I mean, where's the script? Hang on, where are we?" I do find it interesting that it was only that part that was misspelled, and the rest yeah. of it was absolutely yeah. perfect. There we go. Then we're back on yeah. script now. I'm not picking on dyslexics. It was the yeah. star of the sitcom well, group, the League of Gentlemen, Mr. Mark yeah, Gatiss yeah, himself, yeah. who was picking on dyslexics. Well, if indeed you, you are dyslexic. Mark. You backed them up, and Kath made a mistake there, because it's not that you can't spell anything. Now and again, you... You just can't spell gentlemen. Just the really spell. important part that is the crux of this argument. So is it, plur yeah. is it plurals in general, or just that one? Just uh, everything. I missed, capital, I missed capital letters. I went to university, and they... They, the capital they letters are in there. I've screenshotted it, mate, so I can quickly go I've to... I've never noticed any misspelling whatsoever in your tweets. Ollie. What the... Why are you picking me as well? Have you just I'm not... I'm just, I'm just speaking as a find. Um, yeah. Uh, you spell... And there you go. It, it, the, next, the next tweet you, where... So Mark Gator says, League of Gentlemen must be a sketch show from a parallel dimension. The League of Gentlemen, however, dot, dot, dot. And then your reply, it's got some yeah. big words in that I would struggle with. 
So embarrassed by my slip-up. I wish I could travel to that parallel dimension right now. Every single... Embarrassed. Parallel. Dimension. Now. All spelt right. I went to university and I got better a little bit, but you can't... I just messed... I messed up down again. Better? A little bit? I want a letter from your doctor, Ollie, before we can continue. Well, I got a confession to make that, um, You're not dyslexic. They, they think I, they think my chronic fatigue, so you're having to go chronic fatigue out people now. Oh, might be, might, might, might actually not, I might not have dyslexia, my, my chronic Thanks fatigue. very much for your call. So this guy, this is, this guy, this is, this, I bet this, this guy parks in disabled, um, parking spaces, uses the disabled law, uh, toilet to thrash one out in. <laughs> uh, this guy is, is scum. This is why I voted Brexit, because you just cannot. You, you can't, are you crying muffin yet? Hello, I'm here still. Sorry? Right? Yeah, you're on the air. Are you, are you crying muffin? Because this is getting quite intense now. No, well, I think you should apologise to one, the dyslexic. Two, the chronic... <laughs> you should apologise to dyslexic. Three... You've been pretending to be one for the last 25, 30 years. No, it's not my fault that there's a similar aspect to it. It was like brain fog and concentration. concentration. I think, listen, oh, you're right. Apologies are in order. Let's get everyone calm down. Put the gun down and back away. Apologies are in order. And let me start. I will start. Ollie, okay. yeah. I think you should apologise to Mark Gatiss now on I, air. Away you go. I, I, Mark, Mark Gatiss. Say his Gattis. name right, Mark Gatiss. Is it Gatiss or Gatiss? It's Gatiss. You sure? Yeah, Mark, I, know, I know someone who worked with him. Mark Gatiss. I I think you're very, um, Just say sorry to uh, the dude. I'm sorry that... There we go. Thank you very mm. much indeed. And that's it. That's all we needed, Ollie. That's it. Thank you. Great call there, mate. You're learning. 0344. Go on. Takes a real man to admit when he's wrong. Doesn't it just? 0344 499 1000. This is still radio. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Uh, we'll talk about, um, uh, what's her name? Clooney and, uh, Vardy? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? <laughs> Rooney. Rooney. Clooney. Rooney and, and <laughs> Vardy. I have thoughts on it. I was, you know, I was in the jungle with Vardy and we said yesterday that she's one of the three people I'm actually scared of. Um, so we'll talk about that a bit later on. You can give us a call. We're also playing Guess My Pin Number. The guess we've had was 1782. It's one of the numbers is correct, but it's in the wrong place. And I missed what, I can't remember what the second guess was, but it was the same thing. Uh, Alistair! Oh, evening, Ian. Evening, Catherine. Good evening. Um, just to go back to the nuclear thing. Yes. Um, I, well, I lived through the sort of uh, period and, um, I was very much into buying uh, 12-inch singles. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think the Frankie Goes oh. Up War and uh, possibly Two Tribes had... Two Tribes. The, uh, the, that guy uh, at the beginning of the tracks um, reading out those public warnings that you... I had two tribes queued up, ready to go at the start, and then I got really into the protect and survive thing. But the video, again, the video for two tribes, that scared me, because I thought it really was Reagan and Gorbachev. I think it was Gorbachev. Was it Gorbachev it was supposed to be? It wasn't Yeltsin, was it? It was Gorbachev. I really thought, in my ten-year-old mind, I thought that was them actually having a a fight. And here we go, hang on. Here we go, here we go. Here we go. This is the song. So I mean, it's a great song. 
And them just having like a bare knuckle fight in a, in a, you know, sawdust pit. It was terrifying as a kid. Bold, what a bold, what a genius move. Probably the move of Trevor Horn, the producer, to have yeah. the air raid siren at the start of the song. And then listen, when that drum kicks in. And putting that over a dance beat, that's genius. It might be Yeltsin, actually. No, that was after. Who was the one before then? Is it not, um, uh... Christian, that's not... No. Khrushchev. No. No. Who, who is it supposed to... Who is it supposed to be? God, I don't know my history. Um, who was before Gorbachev, Alistair? Um, it was, um... Oh, was it into the, the, the clown? No, it wasn't the clown, was it? He came after you, didn't he? No! Um... Uh, no, I can't remember. God, look, look at us. We're all, this is this is how rubbish we are as as <laughs> we don't know. We don't know really recent political world history. Um, oh, Chernenko. 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 Konstantin Chernenko. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's it. Was fun times. Fun times. Was before Gorbachev. Fun times. Fun times. Well, they must have spent quite a lot on those videos, if you remember, because they were all quite elaborate, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the MTV generation, my friend. Yeah. But, um, anyway, uh, I wondered if I could apply for the apprenticeship. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, we are doing tonight. Catherine, tell them what we're doing tonight. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be interviewing the first of 20 candidates for the position of the apprentice... Apprentice no. correspondent. No. no. The apprentice correspondent apprentice. Very, very simple concept. It's the apprentice correspondent apprentice where we're going to vote people off. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've done it now. We've done it now. Man. Um, okay, Alistair. So what makes you think that you should do it? Well, I've, I've got... I've, I've watched the programme. If you spoil it, I'm going to punch you in the eye. No, I've, I've watched the programme. Right. That's, that's um, a start. That's one thing that, that Pete hadn't done. I've got some extra facts. Okay, that extra I did facts. some research on. First oh. of all, the um, you know the, at the end when all the uh, losing candidates leave leave the building yes. in their coats and get in the taxi. Yes, that's all filmed before the competition begins. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that. Mind you, that. Well, you didn't tell me that. This is great stuff from Alistair. He's this is. Can you can you tell me? Can you tell me something? This is what I really count. want to know. Ryan Mark, Mark Ryan, Ryan Mark. Um, yeah. What is his accent? Is he Ooh, a? Oh, Catherine, Catherine's questioning his ethnicity. This is how it starts, I'm guys. Not, I'm not. This is how it he's starts. Got, he's just got a very um, unique way of pronouncing things, and a I'm very wondering. Unique, very unique, is it? Yes. Eton, I would say. Well, no, no, he didn't go to Eton. He, sa Wait, he sells frocks. One, you mean? Yeah, he sells frocks in Harrods. Um, that one. He, yeah. or, um, what is he called, uh, luxury ladies wear. But, um, yeah. is he, is he, is he actually foreign who speaks very good English? Or is he so posh? He, you know, like, people are so posh, it sounds like they're struggling to speak English. Yeah. Because it's all very like that. Is I it that? Well, she knows the answer, Alistair. I don't. Sorry? I don't. <laughs> well, he doesn't know the answer. You shouldn't have told well, He should know. know. He's the expert. He doesn't no. know. No. 
The other fact, though, is... Just being sort of, I like that. Just talk. go straight past it. Just brush that away. It's not part <laughs> of my programme. I'm out. I'm going on to fact number when two. I w when I was a reporter and someone asked me a question I didn't know the answer to, that is a standard procedure. You go, yeah. well, that is still... <laughs> that's still something that we're working out. But what I can tell you yeah. is blah, blah, blah. All right, let's hear Alistair's second fact. I'm enjoying this. There's been a lot of um, talk, again, on the internet. So they, call that, they call that chatter. When it's on yeah, the internet, it's chatter, it's chatter. Alleged sexual relationship between Lottie Tiger and um, Lottie, Lottie Lion. Lion. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, sorry, Alistair. For two things, mate. First of all, it's Lottie Lion. Secondly, we don't want tawdry tittle tattle. Good day to you, sir. Good day to you. Well, he's he's. Oh shit! Hang on. Let me call him. Bring back. him back. Hang on a minute. You, I, I mean, you balls that I up. Totally, one, the I totally one built-in line to this my feature. Call, my call log doesn't work. Can you call Alistair straight back and just put him straight on air? My call log is not working, guys. Um, I'm, I'm telling you now, the call log on my screen, which means I, normally I would be allowed to uh, able to call people straight back, I'm afraid it is not working. Just whack him straight through. Put him on a line. Just put him through. Um, while it's ringing, let's have it. Let's have it. Come on. Chubbity chop, chickity china, the Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick, then your brain stops ticking. There we go. Alistair? Hello. You're fired. There we go. That's what I had to do. I do apologise. Of course I should have done that. Uh, it's time for our daily dose of bullshit. Let's go to Susan. Have you finished with Alistair? Obviously. Hello, Susan. Good evening, Katarina. Good evening, Ian. How's your boyfriend, Leroy, that doesn't exist? He does exist, and if you say he doesn't exist, why are you asking about him, and why do you expect me to comment about him? Because he doesn't. How, how old is he? He is sixty. Sixty, right? He's called Leroy, oh. and he's, he's a black guy. He's called Leroy, he's and he's sixty. He's very handsome. Yeah. And he shaves his head. He looks like Errol Brown from Hot Chocolate. Oh, he's okay. Of course he does. Of course he does. And, and how, long, how long have you know, how long you been going out with him? A month, and we haven't done anything. I'm not ready. I couldn't care less. I don't believe it. How can you do anything with a fictional person? Why do you keep saying that? Because I don't believe you. Well, why do you ask me how he is, and I give you details, and then you say you don't believe it? What's the point, dear? Well, why are you getting so angry about your boyfriend? Because you don't believe me. Why are you angry about what I believe? What's that got to do with anything? If, if you're... If you're... I don't like being called a, a liar. I didn't call you a liar. Didn't say the word. Well, what else is it if you don't believe what I, what I say? What, how else could you define it? Why do, uh, not that I did call you a liar, but why do you not like being called a liar? Do you get called that a lot? No. Okay. Because you get very upset when you think you're being called I a liar. I told you that I'm... <clears throat> so, uh, so what makes you think he doesn't exist? Why, why do you think I should put up with that? You say you've married and two children, and I say, if I said to you, your boys don't exist, how would you feel? Wouldn't care to me? Who, who, who cares what a nut job on the radio thinks? Who's a nut job, me or you? Not saying. No. Oh. I don't, I, well, so you don't think my boys exist? Okay, fine. No, no I'm not zero. saying they don't. No, I'm you not saying they don't, don't exist. exist. No, I yes. said, what about if somebody says they don't exist? You just said my boys, you just, you just said my boys don't no, exist. No, I didn't. I I'd said, what about if, so, if I said to you, yes. your boys don't exist, like you said that Leroy doesn't exist. It's the same thing. It's the same situation. What are you doing to your phone? Why is it getting so echoey? I don't know. I haven't done anything. Okay, thank you. There you go. Oh. I swear to God, I'm not doing anything here. Susan, your phone's gone She's again. She's just gone. Okay. 
I honestly wouldn't care if someone didn't think my boys were real. <laughs> Trust me, I've, I've smelt the farts and I've cleared up the mess. Not of the farts, of just them being around. They're real. Um, Chris. Good evening, boss. Good evening, Chris. What can we do for you tonight? Right, I know your PIN number. Go on then. Oh. Right, I bet it's so simple. Yep. <clears throat> it's one, two, three, four. <laughs> okay. I wondered where you were going to go with that. Two of the numbers right. <laughs> but in I, the. Please let me finish, Chris. It's the rudest caller I've ever had. <laughs> I've got, you have got two of the numbers right. But well, uh, shut uh, up, man. You have got. Right. Please be patient. You have got two of the numbers right, but they are both in the wrong places. Right. Four, three. You can't, have another, you can't have another guess, mate. <laughs> See, I, I used to know how to, you know, you used to have the, those little, um, 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 truck locks on, on your bicycles as a kid. Yeah. I could crack them. Whoa. What, with the padlock, the numbers? The combination. Yeah. Wow. I could open them. Gosh. Because you'd, right, turn them. I could pull a little bit, do the second one, pull a little bit. See, yeah. what, 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 what do they used to call those bank robbers? Peterman? I, I could crack a safe. I could. Oh, <laughs> when I could work on computers, I could crack anything open. <laughs> I could. I, I, I wind people up. Oh, I wind. I shut the computers down. Wow. Gosh, you're a hacker. Did you ever get into the Pentagon? Uh, no, I, I wasn't like that. Um, oh, j just people's personal information? No, I couldn't do it to be nasty to people. Oh, just a... Okay. No, if somebody was saying... Why do oh, I suddenly feel really, really tired? Do you know what I mean? I just feel like uh, suddenly I'm exhausted. Oh, it's charming. It's like I'm having the life force sucked out of a hole in me. Where? I, I am a happy person. I am. Love to hear that side of your personality one night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I don't know what to say now. No, you don't, do you? How about goodbye? Bye-bye. Oh, 03444991000. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Jacked up jive talk for janitors, jazz cats and gin-soaked boys and girls. Jacques Mondo. <laughs> if you're awake, you're a welcome. I've got five cactus needles stuck in my... The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 Let's go to Linda. Good evening, Linda. Oh hi, Ian. Um, it's nice to talk to you and Kath. I listen to you when I can. You, you're um, I'm calling from Melbourne. Melbourne in Australia. Imagine, isn't that incredible? Incredible. Is it nice and warm? It is actually. It's warming up. We're in the middle of the Spring Rebellion here. Oh, beautiful. Hang on, Spring Rebellion. What is Spring? Re what Spring Rebellion? It's the Australian equivalent of what all your lot are doing over in London. Yeah, they're doing it in the warmth. It's, I don't understand why, and what is the attitude to them over there? Oh, God, it's hard going here. I've been um, campaigning for about four years because they love coal over here. 
Right. And they keep trying to open up new coal mines. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but do all the... Because some of the it's language directed towards the uh, campaigners here, and on this station, and, and a guest that I heard on, on uh, the station earlier this evening, it was absolutely vile. Scumbags, hippies, unemployed. What's wrong with being unemployed? Crusties. Uh, crusties. Uh, the language, she'll be locked up. It was disgusting the way that they were speaking about them. I mean, so I love this job, Linda. But sometimes, and quite often recently, I'm embarrassed to be on the same station as some of these presenters and the guests that they have in. We have to come in and disinfect the studio when we come in. It's awful. <laughs> I can imagine, but uh, that's why I was calling, because I was saying it's really great that uh, you're on that um, station, because the very people who are listening, ordinarily, not your sh listeners, because they're lovely, but some of the ones that listen by accident to you are the ones who need to be convinced, because they don't understand the urgency of the situation. But they're never going to be convinced, are they? This is one of those binary... Um, arguments where people are either for or again, and there is room for subtlety and there is room for nuance, and I have questions, you know, to be, uh, what about the, the people that can't get to hospital? I've, I've talked about that, and I've said that the, 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 there are problems around the protest. But the, the, here's the thing, people don't believe facts anymore, Linda. No. Facts, actual yeah. facts, are not what they were 15 years ago. I know. I, I'm, I'm often um, talking to people in the street, trying to convince them that we need to take urgent action and to speak to their MPs. The MPs, unfortunately, are all being lobbied by thousands of energy companies and also the media over here, and it's the same in uh, the UK, are, are in bed with um, uh, banks, um, insurance companies who fund the fossil fuel projects the fossil fuel producers. It's a, it's well, a really hard going on. persuading people. But, the media... The, the, um, just about them, here, yeah. Hang on, the thing about the media. Yes, the, 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 kind of the higher up the chain you go. Me and other radio presenters are very, very low down the food chain. Once you start talking about the bosses of newspapers, yeah, okay, there could be some truth in that. But I don't, for example, think that Julia Hartley Brewer or Mike Graham, who are presenters on this station, are in bed with, um, you know, with, with BP and Shell. I don't, I said, I, I'd be very, very surprised if Mike Graham is getting backhanders from Shell to argue that point. I think... <laughs> uh, but here's, Maybe wanna, not, but they're encouraged. But I, I don't know if they are. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you what, I, here's, I'm, I'm going to speak honestly about what I think is happening with Mike Graham and James Whale, right? Two presenters who I think are brilliant when they're firing in all cylinders. This is what I think. I'm not... I don't know this, and they will probably be very yeah. angry at me saying this, and they, I'm sure someone will grasp me up, thanks guys, and they will come out kicking screaming. But I've got a lot of respect for them both, particularly Mike Graham. I've always gotten very well with Mike, and we, he, he's helped me out in the past, right? But I suspect that they have seen the success of other right-wing, not far right, but quite right, um, broadcasters and seen how it is popular and seen how things like Alex Jones, who is, I would say, far right, Katie Hopkins, who is far right, but people on the right have monetized anger. They've monetized anger and very strong binary positions. And I suspect, I suspect, I have no, I, you know, that James and Mike are kind of jumping on that bandwagon that anger 
cells. And I could, me and Kath could get more listeners if we came on each night and slagged off those scumbag shits that's made me 45 minutes. We get so many more listeners, but I don't. Uh, you know, go on, Kath, sorry. Also, that's kind of the popular narrative at the moment. Whenever yep. we put something online, even if it's really measured, you know, yep. we put something up the other day and it was, we understand that this is what's going on, but I think broadly this is to be welcomed and I'm, you know, I'm reticent to start slagging people off for trying to do their best for the environment, blah, 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 blah. You get the same line over and over and over again, usually interspersed with sort of insults and stuff. And it's being stoked up. It is being stoked up. You know, it kind of, one thing fuels the other, fuels the other. It's a big circle of people yeah. firing each other up because it's easier to think that than to look and to realise that actually we could take some responsibility for our lives and maybe there is something we need to change. It's easy to blame other people, isn't it? Or to dismiss other people. It is. Um, but I do think that, um, well, maybe the, well, the media is slightly different over here in terms of they, they kind of, the gloves are off. They don't care what they say anymore. Mm. Um, and yesterday on a mainstream, um, news program, well, not even a news, like a kind of wake up to Britain or whatever you call it. Um, uh, one of the presenters said, I think, um, they should be used as speed bumps, all the people that are. <gasps> I mean, the intersection. Yeah. That's not, you know, I mean, I get it, but here's the thing, the most, you know, the most popular TV presenter over here is Piers Morgan. And he's, 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 you know, in real life, he's a really nice guy. I've met him, he's very charming to me, but he says these horrendous, awful, um, angry, borderline violent, uh, hateful things because he makes millions of pounds from it because he gets, that's why, you know, Good Morning Britain was failing. Even with Susanna Reid, who I think is brilliant, was failing until, until he came on and they had, you know, Nick Ferrari at night, the success of Nigel Farage. These things, there are exceptions. James O'Brien, I would suggest, is the exception. Although, you know, he can still be quite uh, powerful in things, but he's the exception. Uh, 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 right wing angry rhetoric sells better than wishy washy, slightly left of central, which is what I am. I'm really surprised that that kind <coughs> of um, disbelieving stuff or the cynical stuff flies in Australia, though, because you've got a demonstrable problem there with people with melanoma, and you know, th there's obviously some damage to the atmosphere there that that you're seeing having an effect already. Yeah, we've been in drought in winter. Uh, three of the states have been in drought. Uh, we've got towns running out of water. Um, several cities are, have already got um, dates where they know that if, if there isn't any more rainfall or enough, enough heavy rainfall, they will run out of water next year. And uh, it, people are still ignoring it. They hear it and they don't pay any attention to it. They think it's going to be sorted out. But um, the election, unfortunately, was bought. That we had an election in May. And the election was bought by a big, um, he's a mining magnate and, uh, he, he bought, he bought lots of social media space and unfortunately swayed people's minds with a pack of lies. <laughs> and, um, it was really quite sad to watch. But the reason, I don't want to talk about all the negativity because, um, that's what all your other DJs talk about. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you so much hey. for talking about it and coming out and supporting it. Linda, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for listening in Australia. 
Um, appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three switchboard's empty for the first time this evening. Oh, we've got a working switchboard, dear listener. Imagine. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I suddenly feel very very tired, and I don't know why. What the hell is going on? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative every weeknight from ten with Catherine and Ian on Talk Radio. Set free your mind. Let your fancy take flight. Conversation gets curiouser by the glow of moonlight. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I mean, we don't normally allow double bubble, but yes, Susan. Um, please may I talk to you? Uh, yeah, sure. What do you want? Um, I just wanted to recommend a DVD called... It relates to UFO sightings, and it's called The Welsh Triangle. I had the DVD box set, but I lent it to that horrible, nasty man, and I haven't had it back. But it's very, very good, and it's very, very plausible. I think you may enjoy it. The Welsh Triangle. Okay, thanks very much for your call. And also, another thing I want to talk to you about, please. Um, were you aware that during the uh, German occupation of the Channel Islands, in the you know, the Second World War German occupation of the Channel, on the island of Guernsey, the Germans had actually installed a gas chamber to gas residents of Guernsey who were considered by them to be infirm or um, unsuitable to continue living, like such as people with mental health. I was unaware of that, but now I feel yeah. much better educated. It's, uh, it was very distressing because my mum... Are you, are you lonely? No. I just like to talk and stuff. Why? Do you think I am? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah, I do. Oh. Because you phone this station... You phone this no, station... Hello? You phone this yeah. station... Yeah, I do. And you I phone other stations under the name of Karen a lot. And no, I just, no. just, just wonder, I just guess that you were kind of, you, you, you no, know, you, you like tell us these things that may no, or may not be I, true. I, and I'll tell you what it is, Ian. I like communication. I just find your issues interesting. I'm not, I'm just, you know, okay. I, I just, yeah, sorry about that. Okay, I do thanks. phone, I do phone thanks. you a lot. I yes, do you phone do. you a lot. Maybe, maybe you could just, maybe you could phone this show less. Well, I, I, it's that what your particular show or the station. My, uh, I, I said but this. Well, you don't want me to phone your show anymore. Is that what you're saying to me? No, I choose my words very carefully. You I'm, said don't phone the show anymore. Didn't say that at all. You said maybe you shouldn't phone the show as much. Uh, it was getting closer to what I said. What did you say? You don't, you don't listen, and that's partly why I find these calls so irritating. Uh, you said you said maybe you shouldn't phone this show anymore. Didn't say that. Sim similar to that, you don't basically. <sighs> this what, is why I find these calls so so irritating. I said maybe you should you could consider phoning this show less. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's not. Don't it's completely that. different. But if you maybe maybe you should c consider not phoning this show at all. So I don't think what? it does either of us <laughs> any good. I don't think it does either of us any good. What you or Catherine? No, me what, or you. What, what, why not? Why not? Well, because you get very angry, and also you don't listen. I do listen. Well, you literally couldn't repeat back what I said. You said a different thing. It was a, it amounted no, it, it didn't amount to the same thing, no. Susan. It amounted to a very different thing. No, let me tell you something. No. 
No, no. I say something. If I, I find you quite rude, Susan, and um, I'm going to say goodbye. Oh, how dare! Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. You think I handle those calls badly? No, no, I don't. I just don't understand why it always gets like that. But you want you don't understand why it, that, that her, her calls. No, 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 so I'm much. just saying. You said, no, you said earlier. I'm not saying. You, you no, I'm, no, I, 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 no, it's not that at all. I just don't understand why it always ends up in conflict. I don't think it's good radio. Mm. I don't think it's good radio. This this show is supposed to be about good radio, and I don't think those calls are good radio. There's some kind of psychodrama going on there that uh, well, she's not going to let us near, and uh, I, I find her rude. Yeah, I get what you mean about it not doing anyone any good, because uh, you know that's no way to. That ain't no way to treat Carry on, a lady. Is it? <laughs> no way to treat you, baby. I just, I just don't enjoy those calls. I don't think the listeners enjoy those calls. She obviously doesn't enjoy those calls. But then, it, then it keeps what is happening. it? There we have, we have got some people who don't like the show and dislike immensely the way their calls go. Paul from Stoke Poachers being a fine example. Yeah. Yet, even though they know they're going to end up unhappier at the end of their call, they continually call in. And I wonder what that was for. That's why I asked about the loneliness. Yeah. That's why I asked about the loneliness. Because it's almost a form of, of, of self-abuse to find up a show where you know you're going to be unhappy. You know there's a strong chance you're going to argue with the host. And, and not a, you know, a political argument. Just a, like a, on a personal level... Argument. And in the case of some callers, and I'm not naming any names, but you'll know who I'm talking about. They're coming halfway through an argument that we've not had. This is the thing I don't understand. Why, why, why they would put themselves through that, and why they would keep coming back. I'm aware that I'm a contrary old sod, and last night's show did get a little bit. Um, angry. I mean, I'm in a strange headspace at the moment, but um, but words. I'm very careful with my words on air. I don't always get it right. Of course, I can't. Fifteen hours a week, you can't always get it right, and I'll make mistakes. But I'm very careful generally with the words that I use and I try and be as specific as I can and then to to have that ignored getting a little bit of my psyche now to then have that ignored the number of times I will ask someone a very specific question and they will ignore it and it will turn out that you go you keep saying can you just answer the question can you answer the question and they go what was the question I didn't hear it um and I, I just find that so. I find that really rude and frustrating. That's why I know people think that I'm being um, rude as well. I, I, sometimes I get that. I get that. Well, people are not used to hearing such frank discussion that's not on a topic, you know. And people speaking the way they speak, you know. You hear a lot of radio stations up and down the country. They'll have someone on who'll talk sometimes absolute balls. And it's as if the presenter, I mean, as if the presenter isn't listening and they'll say, thanks very much for your call. Because they've looked at the <coughs> clock and seen it's taken up three, four minutes. But in our, in this case, you know, we will ask questions back. And I do think that sometimes the people that come on and don't listen, it's because they've geared themselves up for a conversation. They've already filled in your side of the conversation before they've come on. And they've taken this run up. And, and so it's not a natural thing once they come on. Two of my favourite presenters are... Kathy says, you are a little bit mean to Susan. She obviously has issues. Well, has but, she though? But Kathy, you, now that's mean. That's mean. Because how do you know? I'm not picking on you. But how do you, how do you know? You're now imposing your 
image of what you think onto her. She obviously has issues and reaches out. I don't think she does reach out. And you've told her not to call anymore. Wait, no, I, did, I didn't. I didn't, Cathy. I didn't. Monday you made fun of her playing music over her calls. Well, I do that with a lot of people. Do that with a lot of calls. I hope she'll be okay. So do I. I've been like that before. I'm sorry to hear that. It's part of anxiety. Well, you're doing what, what, um, what Rem was doing the other day is you're now putting your world view and world experience. What we all do as humans. But you're putting your world view and experience onto Susan. Who know, who knows? You don't know. Two of my favorite presenters, um, are Dot and Adebayo and Jim Davis, right? I really like them. Jim you c- could be considered as quite a safe presenter, but I like, I like him. I like, I like listening to him falling asleep to him sometimes. And they're on BBC London. Shouldn't really talk about other stations, but there you go. And they do a late, they do a through the night phone in. They also play music as well, which is a ridiculous choice, but. And BBC. This is the thing I can never get at the BBC was impartiality. And it got to a point where Lawrence, one of our bosses at BBC, we, we came to an agreement that I would be impartial about politics. Everything else I would give my opinion on. That was the, the compromise we came to, came up with. And then I kind of bent because it a little well, bit. Because you weren't a news presenter. No, exactly. Exactly. But we had a big discussion. It was an argument. And I said, Just t- I don't get it then. Tell me. Because this is not what I tell me. And that was the compromise we came up with. Which I don't know if that actually fits in with BBC. Anyway, these two gentlemen, when they're presenting on BBC London, they are generally very uh, impartial on everything. On everything. Uh, but uh, two, exa- two examples. Dotton is, is, uh, is black. And I've heard callers be really racist to him. And he sucked it up because he's such a consummate BBC presenter. Such a, he's, then the BBC London, the boss there is a strange guy. I've, I've done stuff there. Um, but, um, he's such a good pre- presenter, it could be argued, that he sucks up quite racist comments. Yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Whereas Jim does the same thing. But every now and then, there's a flare. There was a guy that called him up and accused him of, and Jim, I, I, anyway, guy called him up and accused him of being racist. Got really angry and said, what you've said earlier was racist, was anti-Islamic, and it was disgusting. And fair play to Jim, he got angry. And first time, first and only time I've heard, he got really angry. And he said, I'm not. No, 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 I, you be quiet. I'm not going to let you. You made some very serious accusations there. How dare you accuse me of being right? And it was really refreshing to hear. I can't remember why I'm talking about this now. It was really uh, uh, refreshing to hear him standing up for himself. I've got no idea why I'm talking about this. Can't yeah, remember because, because my train of thought. Honest conversations on the radio. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah, yeah. Than you, trying you to keep them, it mellow, you know? You the, I, I, t- I got Jim's number. I, I, I don't know him very well, but when I came out as bi, he's, he's gay, there's no secret. Um, he kind and he, he used to work with an old producer of mine at LBC, and he said, if you ever want to chat about it, well done, here's my number. And we've, we've never met, but occasionally we text each other. And I just text him saying, that was brilliant, man. That was brilliant. That was really exciting. Radio because it was unpredictable. Oh, okay. Kathy has said, I'm not putting anything on anyone. Just, just offering an opinion. I'm not a mean person. I don't think I said you were mean. No. Did I say she was mean? No, not at all. 
I won't tweet again. Thanks for calling me mean too. I don't think I said you were mean, Cathy. Maybe I shouldn't have tweeted. Maybe I am mean. You've just put your world opinion of me on me. No, that's not. Cathy, you've really not understood and, uh, okay. Peace and love. I'm keeping quiet because I don't, that wasn't my intention at all. But you are putting something on someone. But I don't think I called you mean. If I did call you mean, I'm really sorry. But I don't think I did, did I? No, you said I'm not being mean. I said I'm not being yeah. mean. Yeah. Right, okay. Hang on, what does her first... I, she I said, I, she I, said I was being mean, and I said, oh my God, I don't know what's going right, on anymore. Okay, okay. So Twitter is not the place to have a conversation, Kathy. If you feel like that, I've noticed a couple of tweets in the past where you've kind of overreacted, in my opinion, choose my language so carefully, where I feel like you've maybe got, uh, you've misinterpreted something I've said on air or on Twitter and got, let me strike the word overreacted from the record, where I've, you have misunderstood something I've said on air or on the show or on Twitter and have seemed to have taken it personally or I've got very angry about it. I am sorry if that is the case. Peace and love. Catherine, anything you want to say? Well, just to remember that other people's behaviour is none of our business. You know what you meant and yes. Cathy knows what she meant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Carl, we're going to come to you straight after the news, my friend. And uh, then that's the only call we've got lined up. So now's a great time to give us a call. We, we've not talked about the Vardy Rooney Thing, which we can do. I don't want to go into it too much, but it's, um, I mean, fascinating, uh, hilarious, you know, in, in terms of kind of the soap opera. Uh, but I also felt a bit bad that it was a pregnant woman that was, you know, was being piled on and it did get very, very unpleasant. We can talk about that. We can talk about anything you want. 03444991000. The late night alternative. Carl, you'll be next. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. As I walk this wicked world Searching for light in the darkness of insanity I ask myself Is all hope gone? Is there only pain, hatred and misery? Oh yeah And each time I feel like this inside There's one thing I want to know What's so funny about peace, love and understanding What's so funny about peace, love and understanding And as I walk on through troubled times, my spirit gets so downhearted sometimes, sometimes. Where are the strong and who are the 
trusting And where is the harmony Sweet harmony now Cause each time I feel it slipping away It just makes me wanna cry What's so funny about peace, love and understanding? What's so funny about peace, love and understanding? What's so funny about peace, love and understanding? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Good evening, Carl. Hello. Hello, Carl. What you got for us? Yeah, well, well basically, what I'm, what, what I'm ringing up about is the person you had on before, uh, where you asked her if she was lonely. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just thinking, shouldn't you be reaching out to people like that who maybe are lonely? Why do you think I asked her, Carl? Well, well, I think you might have been taking the mickey out of her, really. Well, I wasn't at all. It was a genuine, well, heartfelt question. It, I don't think it was the way it was. Carl, it wasn't. Carl, yeah, it was. Yeah. A, it was. A, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show. It was a genuine. Yeah, I've been listening to it for a long time, actually. But okay, I've been well, okay. And who who does the show with me? Sorry, who does the show with no, me? I'm, no, no, I say I've been listening to it all night. Yeah, and who does the show with me? Uh, who does the show with you? You've been listening for quite a long time. Who does the show with me? I've been listening to it on and off. Yeah, okay. You've been listening, as you say. You just said you've been listening for quite a long time. Who who does the show with me? Carl? Hello, hello yeah. I mean... Yeah, you, you said you've been listening for quite a long time. So, who hosts the show with me, Carl? I don't know who, who holds the show with you. I've only just started listening to Ah, sorry. I, I got, sorry, when you, just when you said you've been listening for quite a long time, I, I, I thought that, that meant you've been listening for quite a long time. Okay. Well, if you yeah. had, it's, it's not the kind of show that, that, that's easy to dip in or dip out of. I can assure you, and the majority of my listeners would know, that when I asked that caller if she was lonely, that it wasn't a piss take, Carl. It was a genuine, Heartfelt question. Now you can keep saying, "Well, I don't believe you. I think it's otherwise." I think that reflects on you. How does that reflect on me? I don't know at all. I'm just. It I does. Just if, you that, assume, you know, if you would assume, if you would assume that a radio host would would ask that in a piss taking way, I think that reflects yeah, on you. I'm just thinking about you know all the stuff, stuff that's on our TV at the moment about reaching out to people who are lonely or. Yes, Carl. That's why, Carl. That's like. why I asked her the question, Carl. Well, it didn't. It didn't seem that way. I to you, to you, way. it was. It, to me, it, it, yeah, to you. To no, yeah. you've, you've, as you say, you've been listening for a long time, but you don't know who co-hosts the show, and actually, no, you've I only just started listening. No, you just no. You, you did. You literally that. said, "I've been listening for quite a long time." Um, yeah, tonight. I mean, well, uh, I, I, well, I've spoken tonight. Yeah. So, so yeah. She. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I heard speaking tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know her name, so you don't really pay attention. And that's no, what? that's fine. That's fine, Carl. Most people who listen to the show on a regular basis will know that that was not a piss take. What was your next point? Uh, well, I'm just saying, you know, with, with what's going on in the world today. Yeah, and, I've know, addressed that point. People who need to talk, who need yeah. to talk, yeah. and, and things like I've, that. I've and addressed that point, mate. It just seemed to me that you were, okay. you were taking the mickey. Well, I, I've, I've told you I wasn't. What else would you like to say, Carl? 
I don't know. What about Brexit? Should we talk about Brexit? No, thanks, mate. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. What is your name, by the way? Catherine Boyle. There we go. I've been here a while, Carl. <laughs> You can always, thank you, Carl. I appreciate that. If you want to give us a call, switchboard's empty, 03444991000. It's always a, it's always a danger to go, and, and who do I do the show with? Because there's, there's always a chance I'm going to go, well, Catherine Boyle. I was pretty confident when he said he'd been listening for quite a while that that was a lie. Then, I was pretty confident. And that then you're that saying was he's been lie. listening all night. <laughs> Again, I've been here all night, but it's okay. Um, it's okay. Sometimes there's listening but not hearing. Do you know what I mean? Um, thank you, Carl. Around. Welcome, welcome. Keep listening. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that call number two will be significantly better than call number one. Um, so thank you. So I went and saw, uh, The Joker today. Cinema on my own. Love it. I had a really expensive day because I was, I, I was in bed. I couldn't get out of bed. My, uh, my head is not in a great place at the moment. My mental health is on a bit of a dip. So I was lying in bed. And then I was looking at my phone thinking, I, t- I could, it was, it was coming up to 12. And I thought, I can just see this whole day. I've got a choice. Either I do something that it gets me out of the house or I'm staying in bed all day. And I didn't really want to stream. I didn't really want to watch a film downstairs. So I thought, I'll, I'll see if Joker's on. And there was a screening of Joker, half past 12. It was 10 to 12. Half past 12 in High Wycombe, which is 24 minutes away from me. And I thought, I'm going to go and do that. And I got out and I started driving my car and it flashed up on the thing, one of your tyres is low. I like, okay. And I went and looked, there's a big old nail stuck in the tyre and I thought, oh shit. Lucky I got up then and, and, and it wasn't on my way to work. So I drove to three garages trying to find a tyre and all of them went, well, you, you, that's going to need a new tyre and also this front one is is illegal. So three of them said it, so I didn't think it was a scam. So I finally, the third garage, um, they said, yeah, we've got those two tyres. The first two didn't have the tyres in stock. When did tyres become £160 each? Each! £160! Now, admittedly, this garage said, we've got them for £160, we've got them £170. There are cheaper, but we don't have them in stock. I have no reason to dispute them, and I'd... This was the third garage, and the, the tyre pressure was getting lower and lower. And I thought, I, I don't want to risk going to Quick Fit in case they don't have it. Right. So I went, yeah, just uh, give me two of those, please. A hundred and sixty pounds for a tyre? Ty- Three hundred and twenty pounds it cost me for two tyres. That's insane. And it's one of those things where the bloke told me, I went, eh, it hell. Yeah, just do it, man. I've got to get it done. One's flat and one's illegal. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And you just have to suck it up. And I went in and I thanked them for doing it. It took them 20 minutes and I paid it. And it's just one of those things. And luckily, I'm in a position where 320 quid, it hurts, but I can pay it. And it's it's not too uncomfortable. It means it, I'm not going to go out without food for the rest of the week, as some families would, possibly even for the rest of the month. So I'm in a really privileged position. But my God. God, my God, Miss Jones, 320 quid for two tyres. I know. But I know what you mean about being given the quote-unquote option <laughs> and thinking, I've just got to do it. I took my car to be serviced last month. Yeah. It's done a lot of miles. I have to come back and forth to, you know, here, and it, that's for, what, an hour and a half every day, coffee, if not more. Um, and they said, oh, your brakes, your brake pads are gone. <sighs> and it's down to the discs, actually. So, yeah. should we change them? So, if you're going to say... Nah, I reckon I'll be all right. I'll carry on. 
So, uh, yeah, that cost me. It's, uh, it's excessive. But I did have time to go and see a later showing of The Joker. Cinema on my own, wonderful. I quite enjoyed the film. It wasn't the revelation I was expecting, but I, I enjoyed it. Some great scenes. Would you have enjoyed it more if you hadn't heard all the hype? No, don't think so. To me, it's, it's the king of comedy. It's the, it's, it's a, no, no spoilers. It's, it's, I've read it on, I've read that online in Twitter and in reviews, so it's, I'm not spoiling anything. Very similar storyline to The King of Comedy, and it also has Robert De Niro in, who looks great. He looks like, um, Tony Bennett. Um, and there's some great, there's some great bits in it, but it was just a bit, and Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic. Everybody in it is fantastic. I just thought, well, okay, that was, yeah, that was, that was all right. That was an all right film, but I bought a hot dog. But now, they must be like frozen hot dogs, because this hot dog came wrapped in a bag. It was oh. like a sort of, like a guess, like a heat, an oven, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a hot dog, and, and instead of them, you know, they roll on those things. Yeah. And more often than not, when I go to the pictures, they don't have enough hot dogs, because they have to cook them. This was just, she just pulled out, it was in a bag. So I had a bag, and it was all, I mean, it was always cinema hot dog, but you just think, that's a little bit, Jeff. I worked in a job once where I had to load those rollers. They came in a kind of jelly stuff, the hot yep. dogs, the hot dog sausages. I guess so that they were sort of self-basting. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange, mm, delicious. Uh, uh, it was a strange old uh, thing. Um, let us go to Margaret. Good evening, Margaret. Oh, hello, darling. Um... Not that you want to talk about that other woman, uh, not, but I just wanted to say that you weren't unkind to her. All your listeners must wonder why she phones in so often. And is she lonely? She doesn't sound lonely, but I think she must be lonely. Um, well, we, let's, we can't assume too much. She sent in a text saying, Ian and Catherine, just to let you know I love you all, I'm not sad, I just find you all good fun. So she's, she's alright. I just don't, there are, throughout my career of doing phone and radio, there are, I could name five callers over 20 years. I just don't enjoy it. And they actually get me quite angry and get my hackles up. And I don't enjoy it. I don't think it's good radio. And I don't think they enjoy it. And Susan's one of them. And maybe we yeah. did have a little, I mean, you you think she's all right, Catherine. You enjoy her calls. Um, and but I, they I, do I, always seem to degenerate. And I don't know what she gets out of it. I just think maybe she shouldn't, maybe she shouldn't phone. You know, I, do, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for anyone. No one enjoys, no one's there going, here we go again, these two going head to head. I don't enjoy it. It's not sport. Some calls are sport to me. Carl was, was sport because it was easy, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, I'm, uh, Catherine, I'm really quite surprised that you don't, well, maybe I got this wrong, that you don't think necessarily that she's lonely. Um, but she, you were right, Ian. Did I, did I say, I didn't agree. She said she wasn't lonely, but I don't know. No, well, none of us know. All I wanted to say was that I don't think you were unkind, and you definitely did not say that she couldn't phone in again. No, you just... I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no. okay. How's Reading okay. doing? How's Reading doing, Margaret? Oh, <laughs> you know I'm in Reading. I know you're in Reading. Um, we're we, <laughs> we, we, um, triangulating your exact position right now. You're joking. Oh, if we had you on for another 90 seconds, we'd know what what buzzer to press to get oh, you dear. going. Oh, dear. My old lady, I don't know anything about um, technology. Well, you better hang Hello. up then before we find out where you... Quick, put the phone down! <laughs> okay. Bye. Right, bye! Bye! There we go. She believes you. I know. 
what technology are they using in, uh, in, in movies from the 80s and 90s? Where, you know when the, someone's been kidnapped, and then there's a call from the kidnapper, and there are loads and loads of police in the rich person's house, and there's a big reel-to-reel tape recorder, and he says, you gotta keep him on the line for two minutes, and we can do, and he, and then, so the dad's talking, and the copper's going, keep him talking, keep him talking. Wow, man, we just, we were 30 seconds off, we got this neighborhood, but we couldn't find exactly which phone booth. What technology, does that technology actually, Exist. I don't know how a recording could help with that. <laughs> the reel to reel. Who knows? Who knows what Guan? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no. Good dear listener, always a pleasure to talk to you. On Talk Radio, I'm Ian Lee. Who are you? Ask Carl. <laughs> 03 is the telephone number. Switchboard's empty. Absolutely empty. Now the switchboard is working, aren't we getting a lot more calls? Yeah. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have, who'd have thunk it? Here we go. Where are you la- allowed to leave litter? Uh, can we come up? I know one place you're allowed to leave litter, and I, 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 there must be others where you're actually allowed to leave litter. Are you thinking cinema? Yeah, the but cinema... I never do. But I've no, but I, I grew up being kind of allowed yeah. oh, to the, leave the, things the, under the t- seat. The cinema is the weirdest thing. Generally, I will take all of our litter out. Sometimes when you got boys and there's loads of stuff, it, sometimes you can't. Sometimes there is spilt popcorn on the floor, and, and so you can't always. But I will, I will always take my litter out. But also, I'm fully aware that if I were to leave, that, that, that it's expected that you will leave litter there because every time you're leaving the screening room, there are not one, sometimes two young people with black plastic bags, gloves, and those little gripper Grubbies, things yeah. to go around and pick up the litter. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing, because it's not that difficult to, your, the wrappers and your cups and your, uh, your bucket to go out and the, one of the bins in the hallway outside. It's a strange yeah. old thing. I know they have to have a quick turnaround, because then they've probably got another film starting in 15 minutes in there, but it's a very, very odd place. You are allowed to leave litter in the cinema. I wonder whether it's from the tradition where people would be in there all day. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? If you talk yeah. to my parents oh, or yeah. my grandparents, the film was on a loop. Yeah, they'll talk about being sat there all a Saturday, all Saturday. I wonder whether it's that. Also, airplanes people do that, don't they? You just leave there your rubbish there. There we go. We've got a phone in. There's two places. Trains. Where are you allowed to leave litter? Are you allowed to leave it on trains? No, because there are bins, but people do. Newspaper, free newspapers always left. Coffee cups are always left. Newspapers different. Newspaper I would suggest is different. That's for the next person. That's recycling. That is recycling. I don't tend to... I'm on the train this Saturday. I'm going up to Blackpool. So I'm going to keep an eye out. I... The bins are very small. Yeah. Got to scrunch everything up to get in. They're in between seats and But I, um... I don't remember seeing coffee cups. I will keep an eye out on Mm -hmm. Saturdays. I go up to, uh... To Blackpool. And have a little, uh, little look-see. Where else, dear listener? Oh, three... Four 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 nine nine one thousand. Are you allowed to leave litter? But you know, I always clear a table in the cafe when we finished. 
Yeah, I do that. I, I don't always. I, I don't always. I tend to. If it's like a cup and saucer job, I'll go and put it back. I tend to. Or if I, I do it in, like Costa and stuff, I tend to. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't always. Um, you're allowed to leave it, obviously, beside follow-up bins. Are you? Are you? Are you? I don't. If there is other rubbish there, if there is a box next to the bin, I'm definitely, le I'm putting it in the box. Yeah, I'm putting it in the box. Okay? Oh, and the same as if people in, in London, uh, this is, I guess cities, um, on bin day, shops will leave plastic bags out on the street. Like three or four plastic bags out on the streets. I'll put rubbish. Yeah. If the bag is open, I'll put rubbish in there. Well, that's, that's essentially kind of a bin, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Here's the one I don't thing. understand. Here's the one I don't understand, but I'm not a dog owner. Yeah. On my way home from taking my daughter to school, yeah. I walked past about two, maybe three dog bins along this path. Yeah. And sometimes if it's full, people will have put poo bags, full poo bags. Yeah. On top of it or next to it? Yeah, that's not I, on. I don't get that. No, that's not on. That's not on. You've already bagged it up. Yeah. Well, some people hang them on fences and oh, stuff. Oh, I've seen them hung on trees. So, supposedly, the argument is, oh, yeah, we're going to come back and take it back on the way home. Just carry it around with you. I've, I've, I, mean, I don't have a dog anymore, but, but, but when I lived with, lived with the dog, you know, when I lived in a household that had a dog, um, yeah, it's, it's inconvenient, but you, you, you carry it around. Yeah. It's not inconvenient, it's, it's unpleasant, you carry it around, it's part of the thing of having a dog. The to 70s me, and 80s were very shitty, literally. Yeah. Fields and playgrounds were covered I was in that kid. streets and pavements, everything. I was that kid every yeah. time. The number of times I walked it through the house, or fell in it, once I picked one up, one of your famous white dog poos thinking it was a chalk. We used to go looking for chalks. Yeah, chalks. Oh, God. God I do remember that. the cry of my auntie Linda. She's coming in shit again. Oh, my. <laughs> but it was, it was always me. And the way people used to treat you is if you'd done it. Grandad, if I'm good, will you let me have a dance on Coal Bunker? Same era. With me chalk. Same era. With me chalk. I'm getting tips for Blackpool. Brumaine says, get the tram to Norbreck on Saturday from North Pier and ask for a £6 all-day ticket. I'm going to be busy. I'm at a video games, like, convention, replay event. If anyone wants to come along, I'm going to be there. I'm getting there about 2, I think. I'm hosting a, a panel on retro games at 3, I think, or 3.30. Um, then I'm probably going to nip back to my hotel for a bit, drop my stuff off, have a shower. And then it's being open 7 till 12 at night for, like, the exhibitors and stuff. So all the, all the plebs get kicked out. Scum. Um, but if anyone sees me there, come and say hello. Don't think, oh, I don't want to disturb. I'm totally there on my own. I'm totally there on my own. So come up, come and say hello to me. If you're on a stall, give me free things. <laughs> I will totally plug you and take pictures with you. If you want to, if you see me wandering around on Saturday and part of Sunday, I think I leave again about two Sunday to come back. It's like five hour, five and a half hour train journey, I think. Uh, but if you see me, come and say hello. Invite me to play games on your stand. Give me free stuff. That's, you know, that's kind of how uh, it works. Uh, Lucia! Yes. Hey, how are you doing, Ian? You I mean, right? Lucia, that's the female pronunciation. What's the male pronunciation? Uh, Marcus. <laughs> Why does it say Lucia on my screen? Well, I, I started, uh, I mean, I started cross-dressing 100% oh. yesterday for the first time. Oh, then I'm so sorry for making a thing of it. I do apologise, hey, Lucia. No, no, it's, honestly, no, I don't want to be one of these people that you will call, you will call me Miss 
If you're going to start <laughs> dressing as a woman, you're going to have to have a thick skin. So up, well, I, Marcus, I, Marcus really, to but, be honest. Well, it's, Luc it's Lucia, and I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> I hope I didn't cause any embarrassment. I apologise. No, 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 honestly, you're fine. I just, I, I, this is so out of character for me to actually fun up. I, you know, I've, I've been a fan for so long. I just want to thank you for entertaining me for all these years, man. It's, yeah. I think you, it's, I'm worried that you're going to ask for a refund on some of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> after, oh, I, Lucia, I feel like I put my, my big old foot in it. I'm really sorry. I'm genuinely really sorry. As long as you're cool. I'm putting myself out, I'm putting myself out like I wouldn't do as Marcus. It's very, it's been a very straight, ever since I moved into this, I, I bought a house and it's just had a very strange effect of it. <laughs> why, oh, hang on, why, why, why is this, are you living on your own for the first time? No, but I'm living in the the most beautiful house I've ever been in. It's, it's incredible. Why is it having a strange effect it, on you? And it, well, it's brought something out that's always been there, but it's Ooh. it's wonderful. The it's house wonderful. has done this. Oh yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. I feel like James Bond. <laughs> <It's fantastic. laughs> why, why, what is it got? Like wood panelled walls or something? Why, why is this it's house got, so magical? It's got a uh, a hundred eighty foot garden leading onto the coast. It's, Listen to you, well, Queen Elizabeth oh, II. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. The, you know, an important thing. I'm living without a television for the, for the first time in in all my adult life. I've spent my adult life watching eight to ten hours of TV a night. Yeah. Well, no TV. I've just got a, I've just got a record player and a radio. Wow! And I just I discovered you back again for for the first time in fifteen years. I used to love you on the LBC. Back oh, whoa, 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 whoa! That's a yellow card, Lucia. That's a <laughs> yellow card dropping. I used to effing love it as well, but just just watch <laughs> watch your mouth out with soap, young lady. You still, still got the uh, yeah, you still got the the button, yeah. I've okay. still got the I've still got the button. Uh -huh. You got you, and that's a yellow card. One more of them, and you you're off. Thank you. Right, I'm I'm good. I'm good. So last time, the first time I put my uh, eight under. Silicon fire and hips on. I'm still waiting for the boobs, but um, I've spent a lot. Well, hang on, you've there. ordered you've ordered boobs online, have you? I've ordered boobs with um, <laughs> specifically to my taste, with to the exact colour, with the exact. Uh, <laughs> and it's, I can't believe this is happening, but it's. And did you say you've got you've, you've you're wearing silicon hips? Hip. Well, wow. I, I, why don't they uh, sell the hips and the bum? In the same unit, I've had to put four separate silicon units on. Wow! Uh, and it's you know this is the first time. Mum, check this. I ordered uh, this is a small can of spray of spray medical adhesive, a hundred and thirty pounds. Oh my god! What is this spray glue? This is no, this medical grade adhesive. This is an expensive hobby, my friend. And so this is to get your butt cheeks to stick to your butt cheeks. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, man. Yeah. Are you, so d describe what you're wearing now, Lucia. No, I'm just I'm in bed with just the. Uh, well, no, I've not used the adhesive yet. This is the first time I put them on. Right. I didn't want to stick them properly. I'm just wearing a uh, tight um, support hose, or we call them. When I say hose, I don't mean in the in the, the hip hop sense. Nope. H-O-S-E. Yeah. yeah, like, um, like holding in pants. Like yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. a cycle short type thing. <laughs> oh, the fantastic man. <laughs> the things that house is gonna see, Lucia, yeah. huh? Yeah. Last night I just opened the, 
the, uh, the 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 glass doors at the back, and I was playing some crazy jazz music. It just oh, it was fantastic. Man. It sounds like you're you're on a, a, a wonderful journey, and well, you're you're yeah, becoming what you want to be, who you are. I've been, uh, I've been HIV positive since I was seven years old, man. Wow. I'm hemophiliac and I, uh, oh, I, stopped, I stopped the medication seven seven years ago. It was killing me. And I was wasting away. And uh, I don't know, I feel like a king, man. I just want to thank you guys because, uh, you know. You smoked a little wacky backy tonight, Lucia? Oh, no, in fact, I've, I've been uh, having sleepless nights for last years because I've run out. <laughs> you've run out, exactly. That's the problem. When I, I forgot that. When I used to smoke a lot of weed, oh, no, then when I stopped, you could you can't sleep because it would smoke until it knocked you out. And <laughs> Well, you listen, oh. you take care of yourself and um, yeah, I look forward to... I think you're fantastic, and can I just say love to Nigel out there? I think he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And love to all the uh, the fantastic calls you're having, and just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah. Lucia, I look I look forward to speaking to you again <laughs> soon. You take care. Yes, love to you both. Thank you. Thank bye you bye. very much Thanks indeed. Lucia. Gosh, what a lot of information. What a great call. A lot of information wrapped up in that. It's interesting. He mentions Nigel. If you have seen the Joker movie, it really did remind me of Nigel from Maidstone. Quite a lot. <laughs> it's got, I'm not suggesting he's about to, you know, become a killer, although, but there were quite a few similarities, I thought, between Nigel from Maidstone and, um, the Joker character. Both laid back entertainers? <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, uh, is this, uh, hello, Carl? Hello, Ian. Hello. Hi, Paul. I, I sent you a, a tweet about going to Japan. Oh, I missed that. I don't, I missed that. What was the tweet? I've seen it. I just started to go to my advice. I can go in um, next month. I just go to my advice. Oh, I'm so envious of you. Where, what, what, what cities are you going to? I'm going to Shinjuku. Well, Shin, so Shinjuku's in Tokyo, isn't it? Tokyo, yeah. Yeah, I, well, um, and how long are you going for? I'm going for eight, eight nights, but I've always wanted to go. I split the girlfriend a couple of months ago and... Here's the thing. You will not get a bad meal anywhere. A lot of the best restaurants I found are in shopping centres and they look really crappy and plasticky. But they have got some of the best. My Japanese friend, when we were out there, lives there. And we met her for lunch and she took us this weird, like, plastic, it looked like a fast food joint in in the shopping centre. We're like... Well, this is a bit crap. It was incredible, man. It was incredible. So go and eat. My, my, do, do you want a real? Here's a real suggestion, right? right. You're there for eight nights. Yeah. Go on the bullet train to um, uh, I think Asaka, I can't remember if Osaka or Kyoto is nearer. Go on the bullet train to whichever one of those is nearer. I think it's Osaka. Get the bullet train, go to Osaka for a night, stay in a, in a traditional old Japanese hotel where you sleep on the floor, have a walk around the next day, and then get the bullet train back to Tokyo. Yeah. Do it. Do, do it. in the uh, Godzilla Hotel, you know, the one with the Godzilla roof. Oh, I don't know, I don't know the Godzilla Hotel. <laughs> the Greatery. Go- Google it for me, Catherine. I've seen it, yeah. Oh, I don't you. know it. I don't know it. <gasps> oh. Hiya, Hiya, is Tokyo the place where you can do Mario Kart? Oh, there's Mario Kart tours in Tokyo. Right, right. Well, you dress up as one of the characters of Mario Kart, and you drive, you drive, 
you dress up as one of the characters, you drive a cart around Tokyo. All right, all right, all right. Do that. Go to an arcade. Arcades are not quite as big as they were last time I went, about 10, 15 years ago. But arcades are, 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 are a really big social event. And you'll get businessmen, you'll get young kids, you'll get families there. Go to an arcade um, for uh, for an hour or so and just soak up the vibe and the noise and the characters. That's what I want to do, yeah. Um, I but I know you've been before, haven't you? Mate, it's, it's all wonderful. I think they've still got Tower Records in Tokyo. Go there. Um, walk around, walk, 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 smell it, uh, oh look, there's the Godzilla Hotel, my god, that looks terrifying. It's good, isn't it? Oh man. You can get a room where he's peeping through your window. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my big suggestion though, and it's a bold move, but book a night in, uh, uh, a, a traditional, um, I can't remember what they're called, a traditional, um, Japanese hotel in Osaka, get the bullet train, buy the ticket for the bullet train from the Japan Centre in uh, the UK, it's cheaper. Onsen, isn't it? Onsen. No, that's the spa, isn't it, an onsen. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and, and, and get the bullet train there, spend a night there, then come back. I want to be okay to catch the train from the airport, will I be too overwhelmed, or will it be all English? It's, it's, there will be enough English at the airport to get you on the train, it's about an hour, I think, from uh, Narita into Tokyo, it's about an hour. Yeah. The, the underground, you can work it out. I, 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 I seem to remember it, it all being relatively easy to work out. And also in Tokyo, loads of people speak English. Yeah. Loads of people. Almost everyone will speak English. And they're really, really, really keen to help you. They will want you to have a good time in Tokyo, so they will go out of their way and help you. And I've had things where I've approached someone in Tokyo, and they've not understood me well enough. You go, do you speak English? Yes. And you ask them the question, they have a blank face. But then they'll drag someone else over to join in. So don't be afraid yeah. to ask yeah. for help, because they want you to have a great time. Right. Thank do, you. That's all I wanted to know. Carl, do us I a favour. I've rang you before, and I'll be sure. Nice one, man. Give us a call when you come back, and let us know how you get on. Okay, we'll do. Bye, Carl. Bye. Bye, Carl. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm so envious. I'm oh, such an idiot. Fancy going to... I was in Narita for two days. Where's the airport? Yeah. yeah. I was in the town surrounding the airport. Basically, it's like staying in flipping Crawley. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't dare get on the train, but in Narita, obviously, it's a kind of... It's a Japanese place. Yeah. I couldn't make it out. I couldn't yeah. make any of the writing out. I was it's really lost. daunting. You sort of suck it up. And just go for it. Once you get out of Tokyo, the less people speak English and their English is, is, sorry, fewer, their English is fewer and less people <laughs> speak it. Um, but honestly, it's worth getting the bullet train just to go on the, just go on the bullet train. You buy the ticket, you can buy a pass. It might not be worth it for one journey actually, but if you can buy a pass for the bullet train, but you can only buy it if you're not a Japanese resident. You get it in, in the UK, it means you can go on the bullet train as much as you want once you've paid this. I think if you use it four times, you make, you, you end up making money. Get the bullet train, go to Osaka, stay in a hotel where you sleep on the floor, uh, walk around Osaka because it's brilliant. I think it's Osaka, not Kyoto you, you want to go to. Then come back, man. Bullet train's awesome. Awesome. I love Japan. Maybe next year, maybe next year. Uh, 0344-499-1000 uh, is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Let's take a break and then um, 
come back and see. I'll tell you what we'll do. Take a break, then we'll come back. We'll take calls straight to air for the last 20 minutes or so of the show right. before Daryl Morris comes in. This is Talk Radio. The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. So I've forgotten your name already, excuse me. On Talk Radio. Call straight to air. A trick I'm relying on a little bit. Uh, no, no. Let's have no call. No, no calls straight to air. No calls. I don't want any calls. Well, none at all. None at all. None at all. If anyone phones up, tell them, answer it, tell them thanks, but we're not taking any calls. No more calls. Come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow, guys. Come back tomorrow, guys. No more calls. Because I'm relying on straight to air a little bit too much. I mean, you say that, but for the last five days, we didn't have the facilities no, to straight to air. No, I know. I know, but it's my default... Uh, setting. I tell you what we can do is me and Kath will just sit and have a chat and if any we'll, we'll do what we did the other day when we didn't have phones. If anyone's got any questions that you want to ask us, you can tweet them at Ian Lee, at Flippin Kath, or you can text. How do they text? Te- text the word talk and your message to 8722. Text cost 25 pence. Plus your standard network rate. I never really, I never give that out, but we'll, we'll just put it out there for people that aren't on Twitter. You can ask me and Kath absolutely anything. We reserve the right to not answer it. You know, we're not saying we're necessarily going to answer stuff, but you can ask us anything. Uh, at Ian Lee, at Flipping Kath, or text TALK to 8722. What have you got, Boyley? Stuart, I thought we were going to talk about Colleen and uh, what's it? Oh, yeah, Rebecca Vardy. So, it was, everyone knows the story now. So, so you all know the story, so there's no point in me even telling you what the story is. Uh, very exciting moment. Obviously, I was was in the jungle with Rebecca Vardy, and I didn't get on with her. Uh, I, I, I found her very, very dark, very dark energy from her. The first thing she said to me, first thing she said to me was, I thought you were an effing twit with an A. Because, uh, the, the, I, me, I came out in the jungle on day five with Kez, Kezia Dugdale, and, um, then I won my challenge, which no one thought I was going to do, so up yours, and I had to pick five people to be on my team. Of course, you don't know what any of this means at the time, and I picked the five people whose names I knew, who oh, I got Shappy's name wrong, I called her, um, after another comment, uh, another dark comedian, um, we're gonna call her, I didn't call her Shappy. Outrageous racist. I called her, um, anyway, another famous person of, good comedian of colour, you know, terrible, I felt terrible. Um, and what happened was the five people that I picked, or the four or five people that I picked, we went into living luxury, and the other five went and lived in poverty. It was only for two nights, I think. And then I had to do these speeches. They gave me this script I had to read. And I did this speech and it was, I didn't know, but it was then played to the people who lived in poverty over like a little radio. Yeah, weren't you supposed to be like a prime minister or something? Prime minister, that was it. Because Stanley Johnson was in there, that was the thing. And, um, so I didn't see that. And I felt terribly guilty and all of this. It was a horrible head trip. So I didn't see them for like three days. I think it was two nights. And on the third day, they came back in the evening. And it was very, very tense. And Vardy came up to me. And she leaned in my face and she went, listening to you on those broadcasts, I thought you were an effing twit. As first she said to me, 
and I thought, I, I, I thought, gosh, that's unpleasant. And, and I've, I've, I've found her thoroughly unpleasant. It's no, it's no great secret mm. that she was my least, her and Jamie Lomas were my least favourite. And you haven't even seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't uh, seen it. I, re- I can't watch it. I probably will never watch it. Probably never watch it. Um, and I know that when she came out as well, the first thing when she came out, she said that I had a, anyway, I didn't like her. And, and I, and also I don't like her, not just because of the way she treated me, but she was also really, really mean to my sister when she came out. I think Becky came out, she was like second or third person that came out. And, um, it was, it was when that, when she went out, that's when I thought, oh, okay, maybe that people are seeing what's going on in here then. Because I thought she'd be in towards the end. Yeah. And when she went out early, I thought, oh, okay. And her face when she got voted out. Was well, like, she thought she was the queen of the camp. Yeah. Um, I was scared of her. I was actually scared of her. Uh, and, and she was really, really rude to my sister. She summoned my sister to a meeting in her, um, uh, d- 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 she summoned my sister to a meeting in her room. And, and yeah, my sister was, was polite enough to go, to go, to go to it to not cause any problems for me. Yeah. How great my sister so is. she came out and she was confronted with all these newspaper headlines where she wasn't coming off great. Yes. <laughs> and instead of thinking, oh my goodness, was there anything I might have done? It went straight to, oh, they've got me totally wrong. I must sort this out. And the way it manifested was to, uh, like you say, some, summon your sister to the hotel room to tell her exactly why everyone else was wrong. Even though, you know, we'd... We'd seen it. Uh, I'd spoken about it with your sister. So I, d- I didn't. I didn't like her, um, and um, I, I, I didn't really know who she was before. And I, I, you know, and I've not really followed her career greatly. But it, it would appear that she's one of those. She's she's very much into um, selling stories and being in the press for the sake of being in the press and self publicity. I think, and um, that's not a game I want to play. I remember talking to Jenny off camera, Jenny McAlpine off camera, and. Um, uh, we were talking about selling stories and we both w- agreed that is not a game you want to play. Once you, st- once you start taking £10,000 from the sun or the mirror or the star for a story, you, they kind of own you. You're in forever. Yeah. You're part of that gang yeah. forever and, and it can turn just as quickly as, as, as they can be nice to you. It's not just that you're in forever, it's that your children yeah. are in forever and anyone who's connected with you because you open the door. Yeah. Um, so this whole thing with, with Colleen Rooney, uh, oh, I've always had a soft spot for Colleen Rooney. I think she's really beautiful. I know she was considered quite plain. No, she wasn't. She was a schoolgirl, wasn't she? she? I always remember her being, like, branded as plain, and I'm thinking, man, she's hot. What is this? Um, and... You know, I thought the piece that she wrote was was beautifully written. It was it was. I, 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 did she write that? Did a publicist write it? I don't know. It's, it was beautifully written. It was wonderfully set up. You see, there's like a tweet from a guy called Dave or something who said that was my idea. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I thought it was beautifully written. And I don't know if Rebecca Vardy did it. I don't know if if she if she did it. If, if, if her Instagram was hacked, I don't, I don't know how Instagram really works. I don't know if she did it. When I saw it, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, I, I'm prepared to believe that there might be more to it than we know. Um, 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but I, I don't know if she did it. And there's that, my, my first tweet was, loads of people sent it to me going, oh yeah, you're like this. And I did, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed reading it. And I retweeted it. My, re- my response was, gosh. Then Shappy phoned me up. And, um, her re- response was to retweet it with, oh my. I went, these are the two most British response, gosh and oh my. And Shappy and I talked about it for a little bit. And, um, we both said, we're not really going to say much about it on Twitter because then it will become, you know, two, two years after I, I last met Rebecca, it still becomes well, a story. Well, guess what? It still it's, did. It's thing, isn't <laughs> Even there? though you hadn't said anything. There's a, um, there's a thing. Um, and, um, I just, I, I retweeted a couple of things. What did I retweet? I retweeted one saying, imagine if, um, Colleen Rooney had blocked everyone apart from you <laughs> just so that she could see that you're leaking stuff about Rebecca Vardy. And there was another one. Oh, another one about, oh, I, I retweeted and I unretweeted about, about someone saying, gosh, I'm so surprised she came across so nicely in the jungle. Then I undid it. And I'll tell you why. It'd be easy to get involved in the pylon. I don't really like associating myself with the jungle people anymore. Because that was two years ago, man. And I, I'm aware that some celebrities, in inverted commas, they kind of cling to it all the time. I don't know I talk about it a bit. It was a big thing. But I've been, in, I've been invited to stuff, to awards and events and things where I've been told that some of the other people from the jungle are going to be there and it'll be a great photo opportunity and I've gone, yeah, I, I don't, I don't go to those things anyway, but also I don't really want to be in a red carpet with Dennis Wise and Amir Khan. I don't need to do that. I'll, if Jenny and Shappy are going to be somewhere, oh man, I'm there. I, you know, if Jenny and Shappy are going to be in a yeah. restaurant, mm-hmm. I would go and, I'd go and have lunch with them, go and have dinner with them. I'd go for a night out with them because I love those two. Jenny in particular and her husband Chris, who I, I consider a friend, although we've not really spoken for a while. So I'd go and hang out with those. And if, and if, you know, and if Jenny phoned me up and said, oh, we're going to this awards thing and a bit nervous, would you come? Oh, of course I would because I consider her a friend. But I don't need to hang out with those people. But also, Twitter pylons, having been in the receiving end of a Twitter pylon, they escalate and escalate and she's probably had death threats and all kinds of things. Oh, I've seen threats of violence on there. And she's a pregnant woman. Now, maybe this is like old school kind of misogyny, what you would, could be cast as misogyny. You know, maybe this is the same oh, kind I know of thing. You mean nice guy misogyny. Yeah, you know, the same kind of thing of holding a door open or giving your seat or something. Less that than the way people sometimes treat me where they'll, you'll have said something, but they'll have a go, or they'll say, I feel sorry for Catherine, she obviously hates it. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That thing. There's, uh, it could be perceived as that. I'm just aware, this is a fact, right, that it, if, if, if you're in a really stressful situation when you're pregnant, that can be dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. Right? Now, if she has done this, let's assume for a second she has done what she's been accused of doing. She's she totally brought it on herself, of course. If she did it, it's a really shitty thing to do. It's lousy. It's a scummy thing to do. If she has done it, she's totally betrayed a friend for a few quid. Right? If she has done it, we don't know. But I also don't want to be involved in a machine that is jumping on a pregnant woman. Imagine, imagine, and, and I know that Becky, and she said this, she said this, that she tried to commit suicide when she was younger. And I, I don't want to be piling onto someone who has tried to, who has had suicidal tendencies in the past and is pregnant. Imagine if she tried to kill herself or there was a miscarriage. My God, and I pray to God there isn't. I pray to God there isn't. But imagine. Also, 
she's been owned in the most public way. Yeah. The most public and humiliating way. Do you really think she needs to hear what you think about it? Yeah. It's, um... And yet these people just piling on, piling on, piling on. People don't know her or having an opinion, you know, and it's spilling over onto, you know, her marriage and all this sort of stuff. I saw threats of violence. And you know, like, we get uh, tweets from people with footballers as their... It's turned into that as well. There's a bit of tribal stuff going on. People who who don't like her husband as a footballer and all that kind of crap. Really? Aren't Aren't we better than this now? No, I don't think we are. I've got re- I've got good reason to dislike her because she was horrible to me, to my face, to my face and behind my back. I got good reason to, but I'm not. I get no, and I I'm enjoying the soap opera between the two characters. That bit I'm enjoying. Okay, if I'm completely honest, I'm human. I'm enjoying the what's going on between those between Rooney and Vardy. I, I get no pleasure from seeing some of the. I mean, there are some funny tweets. Scott Balcony, we're big fans of tweeted, but just imagine Vardy didn't do it, yeah. which I thought was was great, and it's also hey, it's a salient you know point. It's possible. It's a salient point. So, uh, I, there are a few tweets that are making me laugh. I'm enjoying the soap opera between the two characters, but I'm not enjoying the pile-on. I've had a few people calling me out for saying, I, 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 I can't get involved in piling on. First of all, I don't believe, you know, Twitter pile-on is, is good. I think it's awful anyway. But I certainly can't get involved in a pile-on with a woman who's pregnant. And then, then people go, well, then there was a great tweet from someone saying, uh, would you not get involved in a pile-on on Hitler if he was pregnant when he invaded Poland? I now, get I, I like to think that that tweet was a joke. That tweet had to be a joke, man. That had to be a joke. It was so, it made me laugh a lot. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it, I just, you know, I know, I know for a fact that she tried to kill herself when she was younger, when she was, I think she was a teenager. And I know that she's pregnant and, you know, it doesn't mean you can't call people out for inappropriate, bad behaviour. Of course you can. Of course you can call them out if, if they're pregnant. Of course you can. If they, you know, it doesn't mean we give them a free pass for, for, because they tried to kill themselves when they're younger. Of course not. I just can't get involved in, um, I just can't get involved in, 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 in a pylon in that situation. To me, it's the fact that it's being done for sport. Yeah. That leaves a nasty taste. Yeah, yeah. And, um, while I thought her behaviour towards you in the jungle was appalling. Yeah. You watched it, didn't you? You saw that, you saw that show. You know. <laughs> and when Dennis Wise came in, I mean, I, it took everything I had to not l- let him know how I felt about things. But, um... Not doesn't what 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 would it do for me yeah. to kick a woman when she's already being kicked so much? Let's put this in the podcast because I think this bit is I think this is quite interesting. Mm. <coughs> it's certainly interesting for me to kick this idea around. I'm guessing some people might be interested because there's still a little bit of you know jungle stuff. That magic is pretty much worn off, but every now and then there'll be a little you know kind of gust of wind that will blow an ember or a light a little bit. But that fire's pretty much burnt out. Um, but also, I think it's just it's interesting that this is where. I mean, it, 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 it's good that it's taken Brexit off the front. It'll be the front page of the papers tomorrow. You know, Eamon was talking about it for half an hour. Gosh, uh, more than that. Gosh, and it was in the news. You know. It's in just where it's where we are as a society. It's, it is a little bit of it's a circus lightish relief. But 
but you know it's not light relief for the people involved. Oh no, it's horrendous. Uh, it would be and horrendous you know, for both. And also, uh, I may have, I, I've probably downplayed the negative effect it would have had on the Roonies. I was going to say to you, yes. there's a family that have had more than their fair share of negative press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to think that she's putting up with all that stuff. She's the victim here. Putting up with all that stuff and wondering which one of her friends is betraying her, yeah. flipping her. She's the victim. She's the victim. I, I maybe, um, maybe overlooked that slightly. Uh, let's quickly go through some of these questions. Um, my question is to both of you from Greg, Shawadi Wadi correspondent. What is the best thing that has happened to you this year? Coming out as bi and getting rid of all of my shame has been the best thing that's happened to me this year. Uh, kiss at the O2. <laughs> <laughs> we got share in a couple of weeks. Is that, that is, that is, if anything has a chance of equaling or even better in Kiss, it's Cher. That's the only concert I can think of that might, might get up to those ridiculous camp standards. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. I Paul says, would wait. I do another reality show? Oh, buddy, how big is the check? I need a bathroom. How big is the check? Uh, you know, that was, that was why I did one of the three reasons I did The Jungle. Uh... What's the most controversial opinion you hold? Well, see, I don't, people don't think their opinions are controversial. I mean, I don't like, um, I don't like Asians. But what? that to me isn't controversial. That to me is just like, you know. That's a joke, by the way, guys. That's a joke. Um, don't put that bit in the podcast. But you, no one thinks that their opinions are controversial, do they? Some people do. Because oh. they preface it with, right, I'm not being racist, but you can't say this anymore. But. Uh. All that crap. My, what, my most controversial opinion? Yeah. I don't like the new drag race. Ooh. I don't like the UK drag race. It's not very good, is it? I think it's... Not very it's, good. Right. There are a couple of standouts in there. The Canadian and, uh, and, uh, the one that was the ambassador before. Right. The rest... Not great. I, th I think it's... It's miles and miles and miles away from what they're doing in America. Yeah. And I'm used to that and I love that. I love the artistry of it. I love the humour. I love the fact that they are waspish and witty and that there is... Sexy. And sexy. There is that too. But this feels like just overly crude and I'm going to say it, I don't think they, I don't think they've got the polish and I don't think they've got the artistry when it comes to makeup and costume. I just think it's subpar. I'm not that, I don't think the guests they've had have been, you know, that good. Uh, final thing, Daddy Bear Cub. Uh, I know the late night show is definitely the best slot and place to be, but thinking back to previous shows, was there anything you guys did like about doing the breakfast slot at all? Yeah, Loved it. people we worked with. We were talking about this the other day, the team. Once we got the team finalised, me, you, Justin, Kelly Betts and Paul Scoynes, Dream team. Enjoy. And on that bombshell, thank you guys. Thank you very much indeed. That's it. We are done. Uh, back tonight at 10. Don't forget podcasts of this. There's a new rabbit hole going up tonight, tomorrow morning, I think. We'll talk about the rabbit hole tomorrow and tell you where you can get tickets for our live shows because we've got a few coming up. Daryl Morris is up next. This is Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio.